This is the city, Tokyo, Japan. I work here. I'm a cop. I carry a badge, and I protect law and order. Before we can begin this investigation, there are some rules that need to be made clear. Warning. The Dub Talk Podcast Department may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will be spoilers for the entirety of Millionaire Detective, Balance Unlimited, so do not continue forward if you do not wish to be privy to the entire story. And legally speaking, the views and opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Ladies and gentlemen, the podcast you are about to listen to is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Justice will be upheld. My pride as a detective, my role as an heir to the Kambe family, and of course, my vast fortune are on the line. Let us commence the investigation. Balance Unlimited. Greetings, fellow detectives, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where we investigate the latest and greatest in English dubs. My name is Inspector Stephanie, and I'm joined tonight by my partners, Inspector Jet. Yeah. Inspector Gigi. I've come to the shocking conclusion that it's still the Andrew is over party. Speaking of, we also have Inspector Andrew. Hey, that's no fair. I was chewing. You can't cancel me when I'm eating. I, I mean, I, why are you eating? I mean, I'm sorry. Look, there were just so many exotic snacks I had to bring, and there were some really good ones, like some strange mystical gummies that are supposed to bring good luck. I'm told it's very helpful for what you're trying to solve a, uh, a moida. I think that's how it's spelled. Moida. <laughs> Gigi, how many times does this make Andrew canceled? At least six, I think, by now. Four more times, and I got a free Sunday! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. Tonight, we detectives will tackle some rather outlandish mysteries and stop crime dead in its tracks. We're here to discuss the 2020 Aniplex Funimation dub for The Millionaire Detective. Balance Unlimited. If you've yet to read the case file for today, here is a quick summary. Daisuke Kambe, a detective with an extreme amount of personal wealth, is assigned to the Modern Crimes Unit, a place where officers who have caused problems for the Metropolitan Police Department are sent. There, Daisuke is partnered with Harukato, who is repulsed by Daisuke's bribery. Challenging mysteries unfold in front of the two de detectives, who must work together to solve them. But they may have bitten off more than they can chew when a cold case and a family's past begins to resurface. Oh, Lord. <laughs> A.K.A. A.K.A. What is this? Law and Order. Pay off everything unit. I don't fucking know. Back to this for a second. Uh, so before we even get into this here, can I just say, yes. let's start with a lie. The fact. Okay, which which okay, lie like, is this? Okay, what like, lie is get, this? Okay, like I get they do. Okay, I get they would want to go the billionaire detective balance limited because that sounds kind of weird, but like, it, like he is definitely richer than a billionaire. He is. <laughs> he is stupidly rich. Like <laughs> he's 
mean, okay, like, look, like, like, out of curiosity, because I hadn't checked in a while, I decided to, like, look up, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I decided to, like, look up, okay, so how would you convert yen to U.S. dollars these days? Oh, God. Yeah. I, which case? Yeah, did you, yeah, which yeah, case? Dollar per hundred yen. <laughs> did you? Wait, 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 wait. Because fun fact, before you go further with this jet. So at the end of every episode, it shows a breakdown of how much fucking money that Daisuke spends doing all this crazy shit. Don't tell me you added all of it together and converted it to U.S. dollars. No, we did that all of it. I just went like, okay, so like every thousand yen is like 950 roughly. And there's okay. some of, okay, there's some episodes where he spends upwards of like four hundred million yen, which would be mm-hmm. like somewhere around a couple of mil. So, yeah. so so by that alone it's like okay, he definitely has to be richer than a millionaire. Oh, probably. <laughs> probably. Look, I was promised a daddy. That's why I was in. I was supposed to have Juman Han giving me that money <laughs> while I'm sipping that tea in the back of a limo. And I will tell you that those Twitter memes lied to me. I did Listen, not get my he's daddy. still a sugar daddy, all right? Kobe I did not get my daddy. I, I, I mean, it was very true for, like, the first few episodes, and I guess we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll yes. get into this, but... We'll, we'll get to that later. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think, I think the best episode is the one where he spends, like, no money. Yeah, yes. that is the best episode. <laughs> that is the fucking best. Okay, okay. Before we go too far into this, let's at least get the rest of my spiel going and we'll actually talk about the show and everything. So, as always, we'll be tackling this case from start to finish, discussing the cast, crew, and performances of this very, very important mystery. I couldn't have asked for a better team to solve this mystery with me as it's been three fucking years since the Dub Talk Detective Squad cracked its first caper with Gosick, if you can believe it. Um, and admittedly, there's actually two reasons why I requested your assistance on the matter. One of which actually pertains to our ADR director, so we may as well just jump into that. We have our ADR staff. We have an ADR director. There is one assistant director for an episode. And we have two writers. A main writer and one writer who helped with three episodes. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, I'm going to work backwards on this one. I'll start with our script writers. So, for our script writers, our main writer for the series is Jeremy Kratz. And... Our secondary writer who wrote for episodes 3, 4, and episode 10 is Madeline Morris. Uh, Jeremy Kratz has written for other series such as My Hero Academia, the current reboot of Fruits Basket, and Saga of Tanya the Evil. Meanwhile, Madeline Morris has written for series such as Stand My Hero's Pieces of Truth, Nekopara, and, and Assault Lily Bouquet is, I think, one of the latest ones that she has been attached to. As for our assistant director, specifically for episode four, we have Kristen McGuire, uh, who has also been an assistant director for series such as Anime Guitarist, Kono Ototomare, and Smile Down the Runway. I also want to make this very clear that here's the challenging part with this show in particular. 100% of the cast and staffing has was not confirmed prior to um, this episode. <laughs> and... Um, 
Chris, both Kristen and Madeline had to confirm their staff, their assistants, um, through Twitter. And the only one that converted that to the normal channels like Anime News Network was Madeline for episodes three and four, but she also confirmed she did episode 10 as well. <laughs> and now one of the reasons why we're fucking here, Team Gosick is back in the building. Our ADR director is one Mr. Clifford Chapin, who has directed series such as the aforementioned Gosick, uh, Dr. Stone, and New Game. So, to start this off, Jet, why don't you tell us your thoughts on the directing and writing on the, of the dub? Uh, so, uh, it's a Clifford Chapin dub. I mean, it's pretty much what you would expect from him. Like, the direction was pretty smooth for the most part. I... I, I thought it sounded pretty consistent to Roy Howard. I didn't think that any, like, one performance in particular really stood out, but it was definitely pretty consistent across the board. Uh, for, uh, uh, definitely not, like, about his best work, but it was perfectly fine. I definitely didn't have any problem with how it was directed, for the most part. Uh, Script-wise, it was pretty solid, too. I thought there was a pretty good amount of banter between Haru and Kanbei, which... Uh, definitely felt appropriate, and I got out of the right amount of spice to the show. I mean, it's not like Tiger's buddy levels of badger, but it was definitely pretty fun. I thought that the translation was pretty on point. Nothing really stood out as particularly weird, which I appreciate. Uh, if there was any, if there were any negatives I'd have to give, it's that there were a couple of times throughout the show where they had characters from. I guess other countries and they were doing accents and the accent sounded really weird. So I like so I almost like you can tell they were trying to do an accent, but it barely came off and it was just kind of weird and felt sort of haphazard in a sense. Like I don't know if it was just like I don't know if it was just like maybe they didn't have enough time to like really get it down back or something, but it was it just came off as kind of weird to me. Another thing I'll at least okay. say in defense is that they weren't really working with real countries in the show for some fucking reason i think like the like i remember the one particular accent you had an issue with was like an assassin from polyador which was basically yes which is some weird amalgamation okay i mean like okay so you don't know what kind of accent you're doing you're doing okay that's fine but like okay it's the fact that like it, okay if you're gonna do an accent at all I prefer you like keep it consistent, but it felt like it just kept going back and forth, and it was kind of, it just kind of felt a little distracting. Okay, that's fair. Because I... to talk about that assassin in particular, unfortunately, um, we have no confirmation as of who voices this character. I know who it is. Yeah, that, we I all mean, know who I it mean, is, we but we don't. It's pretty clear who it is, but. It's pretty clear who it is, but we want to make sure the confirmation is officially there before we 100% throw out the fact that it's probably Ian Sinclair. Stephanie, Stephanie, I Stephanie, Stephanie. That's clearly what? just evil robot Mad Mickelson. Listen, I did. Listen, I didn't confirm this one because we're not talking about this character anyway. I don't care. I he know it's him no in my importance. heart, and if it's not him in my heart, fuck y'all. Gigi, do you want to be railed by his railgun? <laughs> oh my god! No. That's weird. That seems like it'd probably be very unsanitary. <laughs> oh no. Look, it's COVID times. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, that's where his oh, elbows are. Like, you know how many surfaces? Oh, I don't know where I'm going Andrew. with this. 
He's mad because I you, made a really inappropriate joke before we started a p- recording you, at his you know, expense. You know what? We're, we're going to bring that inappropriate joke back. Hey, Andrew, why don't you go deal with some snowballs outside? Oh, right? fuck off, Steph. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Check. I just learned what the Urban Dictionary for <laughs> snowball was tonight before we recorded. And now yep. it's like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you did it to yourself. Uh, anyway, any other thoughts, Jack? No, I'm basically done. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gigi, why don't you hop on next and uh, give us your thoughts? Oh, it's always me. It's always me. Well, I literally went into it's not this. always you. You didn't go first. I don't know. I I'm just saying it's always me. I went into this thinking, who's going to be the daddy? I really thought this was going to be Juman Han the anime. I just took a drink. I was really excited for it. I wanted my red ribbon and my weird shoes that have like the bomb timers on the back. If you've played (laughs) Mystic Messenger, y'all know what I'm talking about and you're the same way I am. Juman Han, not the best, but you know, the worst. Anyway, so I went into this looking for who's the best daddy and I got who's the best dad Um, because this anime is full of men who could be dads. Um, and very little wacky, which I was, I was like, okay, like this is, it is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, it it had a lot of outrageous plot stuff. And honestly, without the outrageous plot stuff, that would have cost a lot of money to do in CGI in a live action show. Like this could have been done live action and I would have had no problem with it. Um, but for the directing and the writing standpoint, I mean, okay, so from what I have seen of the Clifford Chapin shows, this really seems like a typical Cliff show. And I, I say that with love, but like, it's literally like a lot of the same people he casts all the time. <laughs> like a lot, a lot of the same stuff. Nothing's really off the wall or crazy. Um, nothing's too out of the box. Um, I will agree with Jet, though, about the questionable accent work, because this is me, and you know I'm going to comment on it. It was all very questionable, and I don't care that the country's fake. Like, if you're going to mesh two accents together, do what Tata Never Falls in Love did, and, like, come up with a good, believable accent, because these were just weird. Um, but thank you for Evil Ian Sinclair, Crazy Victor Nikivarov. I appreciated that. <laughs> evil Thanks. unconfirmed Ian Sinclair. I don't care. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, as for the, the writing, uh, it was a nice mix of drama and buddy cop show, and it served pretty mm-hmm. true and pretty to form. Uh, you can't really fuck around a lot with a police procedural. Um, there's not a lot you can mix up with it. Like, sure, you can add a couple of little jokes here and there, but, I mean, you have to stick to the plot or nobody's going to know what's going on at the end. Um, episode four was the good episode, right? Yes. Yeah, episode the, the, the four. One where, where the one where Kambe had to uh, survive a day without shit. Yeah, so good on Kristen for helping out with episode four because that was the best episode. Um, that was my favorite. It was basically the odd couple episode. Well, that's what this whole show was, to be quite honest with you. Except there were, like, detectives and money and um, espionage murder plot involved. But that being said, coming off of Nakaimo last week, this is, like, my gold treasure box of dubs. Like, this is, like, Disney fucking Oscar-worthy quality. Like, give these people Oscars and Grammys for an original score. Jesus Christ, Emmys? What do you give awards for anime? Not Crunchyroll awards. Those are bullshit. 
So what you're saying? So so Chi Chi. So what I'm understanding is pretty pretty good dub, but after Nakaimo, this is like a ten out of ten. Oh my god, like a twenty five out of ten compared to Nakaimo. <laughs> I told you guys in the chat. I was like, thank God you're making me watch this because I was about to yes. quit anime for life. So. <laughs> yes. I was about to quit dub talk after Nakaimo. <laughs> That $10 I got paid didn't really cut it. Dice Gay Kanbei hooked me up, though, with, like, a million yen, so we're cool. <laughs> Look, Dice Gay may not know shit, but he's a sugar daddy, all right? I'll take his yen. Look, I need a new figure okay. in my life. There's a oh, new fucking shit. Hatsune Miku I want. <laughs> Are you good, Gigi? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Andrew, how about you? Oh, boy, where do I go with that? Um... I will definitely also add that this is a pretty good dub overall. Like, I, I'd say alongside Jet, uh, Clifford has very much proved himself to be a very strong, consistent director where even, like, even, like, the weakest project of his, I still think is at least very interesting, very entertaining, and very fun with a pretty good ensemble cast overall. I'll say that... While this one did not blow me away, there's definitely a couple of performances in particular from some veteran actors that I definitely think they get they get some really good material to work with to show off their stuff. Mm -hmm. As well as a couple of veterans where it's like, you don't get to hear them play this type of character that often or something like that. Mm -hmm. Which, that's pretty fun. I think the script is very good. It does a good job selling the banter that is basically straight-laced by the book guy who's dealing with some trauma as well as rich larger than life asshole who probably should be <laughs> distributing this wealth instead of playing batman <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i love look the, I love the years as a character because he's Listen, I love Kanbei as a character because he's extra as fuck and I get a laugh out of how stupid he is. It's great. He's very extra as fuck, but the year is 2021. <laughs> this is the year where we say eat... <laughs> this is the year where we say eat the rich. Yeah, this is the year where we say eat the rich and, like, screw cops, but, like... See, this is where we say <laughs> eat the rich <laughs> and screw cops, but all of you want to fuck both of them when it comes to the show. Y'all didn't get the memo. I can give this show a pass because it came out, I don't want to say it before time, but I guess that kind of is what that would be now. Okay. It's like just, it's before times and like it's playboys and after it's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't so, have to so, so it. it's a mix of, <laughs> this show is really weird production wise. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned this because I we'll, may as well just throw this okay. out there. So <laughs> this show originally debuted in the spring of 2020. However, after one episode and the fucking pandemic started up, they delayed it and then they resumed starting with episode two, I believe in the summer season. I believe actually, I think it was two episodes <laughs> and then episode three. Whatever yeah. it was. It was like one or two episodes and then they had a jump. Um, and then the dub itself, I double checked to make sure. Um, it started in September uh, and it seemed at least on a very consistent schedule uh, throughout, which is 
great. Like, you could argue there's at least some level of, like, there's some, um, absurdist, like, like, it's pretty absurdist for the most part when it comes to the procedurals, and you're basically dealing with yes. rich person magic. Like, a lot of this is basically <laughs> rich person magic, but there's a couple of times where it's like, oh, you're an endearing character. Oh, you're, you're kind of, Ooh. Yeah. Whoops. I, uh, look at it, you, Cho, playing fucking dirty. Oh, Cho. And, uh, like, okay. <laughs> Granted, at least the show was kind of being like, where they were kind of playing Haru was basically, no, that's kind of fucked up, dude. But he's basically like, yeah, no, I kind of got results. <laughs> it's a little... I'll say this. I think this is a fun show. It's an interesting show. I think... It doesn't quite nail the genre shift of being, like, a sort of one-off absurdist, like, episode series. And when it goes to a more... Ep when it goes to a more grander narrative, it kind of, I think, loses a little bit of steam. That being said... Can we all, can we all agree, before you continue, <laughs> this is more on the show itself, not the dub. Okay. Yeah. This show would have been so much better if it was the stupid episodic weekly caper shit, Batman and Robin style. Like, <laughs> that would have made this so much better. Like, you could have still done, like, character arcs and, like, developments, but I feel like once it, right. once it was clear, but I like. I feel like that would. But I feel like the episodic horseshit and the hijinks and adventures of Kambe and Kata would have been made the show infinitely better. <laughs> Like oh yeah, like sure. most of the show like, is like most of the show is basically the Sayuri Kanbei investigation. Like yes, once we reach the second yeah, half. Yeah, okay, yeah. And to be fair, it's not like it's particularly bad or anything. But it's just kind of like mm -hmm. it was. I mean, it's kind of like okay, I've seen all of this before. It's like okay, yeah, right, sure, fine. And I think this I think okay. the first half of the show kind of set us up for this like fun buddy cop romp. And then when we got to the second half, it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is where we're going. I think the um, I think the show overall was a little more better at being the more kind of absurdist, ridiculous, like. I mean, can we? I think we're all also in agreement. Our favorite episode is fucking episode four, where Dice K can't do fucking shit. Like it's literally. <laughs> and he, he has to help Kato find a lost puppy dog like because it's basically because it's really hilarious because it's like haru's kind of been yes. like the butt monkey to a lot of dice case more extreme like capers and then it's suddenly like karu is the one who's yep. competent because he understands how to live and dice case just yep. basically a lost cat <laughs> dice a fucking cat. <laughs> like the fact that he's just like i need help i've injured myself Bring me first aid now. I don't have a first aid kit. Just like, just lick yourself. Christ. <laughs> just lick the wound. It's fine. You'll be fine. But yeah. Uh, I'm just waiting for Steph to continue on with her, her thoughts about the writing done, and Drew? the directing. Oh, God. Sorry. I, I went uh, on a tangent. I, I, wait, 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 sorry. I went on a tangent. It's fine. It's fine. We're going on random rants. Uh, anyways, dub, script, solid. Okay, um, so we all know that I very much enjoy Clifford Chapin dubs. This one is no exception. Um, there's a, the, the casting is fun, and some and there's some really enjoyable performances out of it. Um, the attention to detail and and 
character line, character arcs and uh, storylines are there throughout. Um, I also want to give credit to not only him, um, kind of a bit going back to the accent work a bit. I'm actually going to bring up the first episode for a hot second. Because you don't often hear Arabic in an anime. So I have to give both Cliff and Nazi Tarsha, um, who was... Oh, was he the prince? A, he was the prince in the first episode. I have to give the... I'm going to give the both of them credit on this. Because um, he helped with... He, helped, he gave like reference tracks and phonetic spellings for everything so they can try and be as accurate as humanly possible um, with... Uh, the prince character and the translator. Uh, so there is attention to detail there, um, and I highly appreciate that. Especially, again, you don't hear Arabic in anime, if at all. Okay. Uh, so that's a fun and interesting touch. Um, though, <laughs> some of the other accent work is also very interesting. I don't know if I like it or dislike it. I just went with it. Um, but... <laughs> Again, directing-wise, I think it's very solid. This is actually the second of three Aniplex shows that Cliff has also directed in the span of a year. Um, the first one being Darwin's Game, which... Goddammit. <laughs> that one's stupid, fun garbage. Um, and the dub that Cliff directed on that one was more than it fucking deserves. <laughs> um, sorry. Um... But out of, I'm going to say out of the three shows that I've watched him direct this year, I'm not counting The Day I Became a God because that one's not done yet. Um, so the other third one is going to be Smile on the Runway. As t In terms of solid dubs for really good shows, I think my favorite out of the trio would be Smile on the Runway. Um, but Millionaire Detective is still stupid fun and I love it. Um, Writing-wise, both Jerry, uh, Jeremy and... Maddie were so much fun. Uh, the writing was consistent throughout. Um, I have to give props to Maddie, to Maddie though, because I think some of the episodes that she, the episodes that she did had some of my favorite one-liners and zings in there. Um, she wrote episode four, which is our favorite episode again. So she had a probably had a blast with that, and also Kristen probably had a blast assistant directing on it. <laughs> But episode 10, there was a line where Kato realized that Kambe was wearing, he asked him if he was wearing elevator shoes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> nice zingers in there. Yeah, the dialogue um, between Kambe and Kato is, can be snappy and punchy. Um, like that buddy cop style that um, we were talking about before. And I very, very much appreciate that. Again, though, as a show in general, a show in general, the show would have been so much better if it stayed with the whole buddy cop hijinks throughout the whole fucking thing. Because let's face it, the last five minutes at the end of episode 11, it's like, this is what I want. <laughs> I want more of this. <laughs> we, we all know this. 
However, overworks, please. Two things before we move on. I don't even remember yes. the Arabic prince, so I'm glad that that accent work is good because if it were bad, I would have remembered it and said something. So I'm glad that good. they put a lot of effort into it. And number two, hey, Cliff, Anaplex, can you do hype mic or skate the animation next? Thanks. Oh, oh God, fucking somebody, please dub skate the affinity. I. It's... Wait, 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 wait. I don't. Th- I'm hold on. Has Cliff ever directed a sports anime? I don't think he has. You can check that off your bucket list. He's tackled several genres like mystery, comedy, um, fucking shonen with Dr. Stone, sci-fi with Darling the Franks. Oh, my God. (laughs) Your next project, do sports anime. Okay, see, as much as I want this realistically, like, both Slime and Dr. Stone have second seasons that are currently out, so... I know, that's he's going the to be on one of those two. He's, he's... And, and there's also... He also confirmed today that after episode 10 of Day I Became a God, Caitlin Glass is taking over, so... Look, just let um, somebody be he, a skater he's, he's boy. He's a busy man. <laughs> Look, somebody, let somebody be a skater boy, okay? Let all of them be good skater boys. Oh, I'd say God. see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. Glad she somebody had a pretty got face, that reference. But her, her head was in outer space. I think that's part of the lyrics. It's been a while. <laughs> Let's go, fam. Who? Let's can, fucking go. Can I talk go. about my grandma? <laughs> yes. Does your grandma have red <laughs> eyes? <laughs> Maybe. Oh yeah, spoiler. I mean, word. only on Sundays. <laughs> Shit. I miss you, asshole. What is that like? Except for Andrew, what is that I see like, him all the time. Is that like prayer with passion or something? How does that work? <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I'm not gonna oh, say God. my joke here because it's real bad. <laughs> look, look, oh, somebody no. edit that out. Okay. Anyways, the phrase "Oh God" has a lot of connotations when you say it. <laughs> okay. Are we good? Love you, dude. Yes. <laughs> Okay. I'm not going to make so, my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, Gigi. You fucking bitch. I love you. <laughs> okay. So, before we... Right before we move on to our first set of characters, I said this earlier. Not... The entire cast is not 100% confirmed. Um, and I don't know if there's a delay or maybe lack of uh, information being released um which is fine because all things considered <laughs> i didn't go too crazy in depth for this because lord almighty if i were to suddenly grab like <laughs> one-off characters like alejandra Saab or fucking oh god an unconfirmed ian sinclair or <laughs> I, oh god I lo- if we I went love- that in depth <laughs> I loved I'm Ale- crazy. I loved Alejandro, and I'm pretty sure his girlfriend was like Amber Lee Connors. Like that was great. Yes. Those two were great. I wish they showed up again. Or mm. or fucking yeah. I think Ryan McKean was in there. I think he was the train kid. Um, like we'd be here all night. I'm not going that fucking in depth. But <laughs> um, but this first batch of characters they were previously not confirmed. But I did reach out to Cliff, and he gave me the uh, casting for these particular characters, and 
can uh, at least confirm two of which that I already figured, but I wanted to make sure. Um, so we're going to talk about members of the Kambe family first. So we have Kikuko Kambe, uh, which is, who is the matriarch and Daisuke's grandmother. We have Jiro, Jiro Hattori, who is the butler who serves the Kambe family and has served them for years. And we have Shigemaru Kambe, who is Daisuke's father, uh, who is supposedly the one who, who murdered Daisuke's mom, fucking disappears and commits suicide. It's part of this whole grand scheme. Um, in the second half of the show, we eventually find out that it was, in fact, Hattori who kills uh, Daisuke's mom and uh, Grandma Kambe basically is the ringleader of it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> basically, Grandma and Butler did it. The Butler did it. <laughs> but unironically. It's Clue. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, like I figured out most of the mystery as soon as they brought it up, but that was like the one part I didn't foresee. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> is this based it, on a manga or something? It's, I don't think it is, actually. I think it's based off a light novel. From the. Oh, okay. No, yeah. specifically a light novel from like the 70s. So this is like a modern reinterpretation. Oh, so this is before the tropes were tropes. More or less. Okay. All right. I'll forgive the butler did it for that then. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, uh, Mr. White. In the living room with the with, knife. With the candlestick. <laughs> no, it I was made that knife. joke while it watching this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the individuals voicing these characters, to which thank you, Cliff, for confirming these for us so we can discuss them. As I'll start with Shigemaru Kambe. Shigemaru Kambe is voiced by Jeremy Inman, who has voiced characters such as Midi from Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, Akitero Obi from Fire Force, and Christina Matsuzuki in No Guns Life. As Hattori, the butler, we have Brian Mathis, who has voiced characters such as Elias Ainsworth from The Ancient Magus Bride, Congo in Land of the Lustrous, and Captain Juzo Okita from Star Blazers 2199. And as Kikuko Kambe, Grandma Kambe, this one I had a hard time trying to figure out, and then when Cliff told me, I was like, fuck, how did I not know this? Uh, Linda Leonard. Who has voiced characters such as Subaki in Konohana Kitan, Martha in Maria the Virgin Witch. Why did it says? Why does it say Marth? Fucking, I don't know why my document did that. Anyway, my favorite uh, Fire Emblem. Shut up. And uh, Joshu Kase uh, from Psychopaths. So why don't we start this time with Andrew? What are your thoughts on the performances of the Kambe family? I remember when you were looking into this and you mentioned Linda Leonard was uh, the lady from Psychopaths. I'm like, oh, fuck, that yes. checks out perfect, actually. The second I saw, I, I when I researched uh, Linda, I was like, I saw that and I was like, fuck, how did I not get that? It's also been years since I've watched Psychopaths, but anyway. And, that, and then it became bad. We did that. Sorry, Andrew, what are you talking about? There was only ever one season of Psychopaths. One season and one movie You're and right. nothing else. You right. God. You fucking right. Anyway. Look, that's a rant for another time about how much I hate Psychopaths 2 and how much Mika Shimotsky as a character was fucking wasted. Um, anyways. Linda Leonard, uh, she does a good job being a sweet, charismatic... I like how she's just very much like the... Daisuke, 
you're going to be very nice to this man. He's going to teach you a lot of things, <laughs> and he's going to be a good influence on him, and you are going to behave, young mister. Yep. And then she turns evil. Which, by the way, here's a little fun fact about act, because there's not really a way to work this in. Mm -hmm. uh, this anime was directed by Tomohiko Ito. Uh, Tomohiko mm -hmm. Ito has directed a couple of things. Notably, he did the first few seasons of Sword Art Online. Basically, he did the SAO seasons before Alicization. He did. He, I forgot. He directed Silver Spoon, and most relevance to oh, the yeah. thing I'm gonna say next, he directed Erased. He directed the anime for Erased. This is, yep. This is relevant for two reasons. One, there actually is a cameo of the Erased kids in episode four. Very poorly drawn, but it's the kids from Erased when they're trying to look for clues about the dog in a montage it's just the kids from a race there anyway the other reason it's important is because evil red eye grandma has in one shot the evil red eye that's oh how you know she's God. bad and evil and that's a thing that's <laughs> everywhere right. in a race <laughs> oh, right. so it's clearly it's, it's clearly a directorial touch of his which i'll say oh, this I think he does. A, he actually does a really good job directing this because he's got a good sense of like, dr like, co comedic chops with this, and also like some pretty good espionage, like drama stuff going for it too. I'll give it that. Linda does. Linda does a very good job being little sweet grandma to evil bitch grandma. She does good. Brian Mathis uh, is a very sophisticated butler who will trim your hedges, mow your lawn, and kill your enemies and make sure that they never find the body. Yep. <laughs> He's very civil. I I kind of wish they almost went a little more into it because I think it's a good twist, but it's like, okay, you're just the butler? That's all? I, I serve my lady like a ninja butler, so I kill in her name and that, that's all? Like, he's very civil when he's having that confrontation with Haru. It's like, by the way, I wasn't told to kill you. Just go home. Have a beard. Oh, no. I shot you now. Man, that was stupid. Oh, God. It's in my fucking wound, you dick. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the wound bit was great. Oh, that was so... <laughs> oh, that looked like it hurt. But, oh, that's the right way to do it. And, yeah. Uh, Brian does a good job as the butler. And Shigemaru. Uh, Jeremy Inman. Uh... He's Jeremy Inman. He sounds like a good bad dad. That kind of is like that. That kind of is. I don't want to say like my complaint, but it's like it's Jeremy Inman. I've watched so much Fire Force, and it's like you can't convince me that Jeremy Inman character is evil. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> like, it, well, technically he wasn't evil. He was being the butler, which. You know, technically he was a disguise the whole time, and meanwhile the actual Shigemaru Kambe was like isolated in maybe like I don't know a fucking mental institution or something. Yeah, like I was shit. trying I to figure what what, out what the hell He's was up with there. that. Like, did he have a mental breakdown? Did they break his legs? They drug him? Like, I don't know. What's the deal with that? Okay. I don't know. Sure. Anyways, the Kambe family sure. is very important, but they also kind of um. They really don't have much of a presence, despite the fact that they're apparently mm -hmm. very important. W yeah. Which, I think everybody does a fine job playing these characters, but for what is basically, like, 
in very integral to the story, they they didn't really leave much of an impact overall. Oh, moving on. Uh, Jet, how about you give us your thoughts on the performances? Uh, sure. And so I guess I'll start with Jeremy and with the Mars since I already kind of talked about it. It was like, yeah, it's it's Jeremy and Ben. I thought he I thought he did a pretty fine job. He didn't get to speak a lot, but I thought he had like enough presence for his handful of scenes. Again, because it was Jeremy and Ben, and I've watched like forty, like thirty or forty episodes of Fire Force at this point. It's like I just kind of view Jeremy and Ben as like the very nice Fire Force dad. So like hearing him play an evil dad just kind of felt kind. Of, this kind of felt a little weird to me. As I, I mean, like I, I mean, I, I don't even care. It's like I, I just can't really view Jeremy every character as evil, which I guess and that because I guess he technically wasn't evil, but you know. I uh, mean, after after dealing with so much of Captain Obi, it's like you can't you can't be mad at Jeremy now because <laughs> Obi is <laughs> the fucking best. Like, by the way, Gigi, if you want a daddy, look at Akitara Obi in Fire Force. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was. Somebody sent me a link and said that there's mass singer audience Zoom spots available, so I'm trying to claim some. <laughs> oh my god, yes! All right, good luck with that. Anyways, look up a picture from Obi from Fire Force and tell me you wouldn't want that, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyway, uh, Brian Mathis has the Butler. I thought he was. I thought he was fine too. I thought he had like. I thought he had like a good amount of presence. I thought he handled himself pretty well during the twist. I thought he had like the right amount of roughness to make it seem kind of doubly terrifying, like he didn't quite know what he was going to do. I mean, again, him being like extremely, extremely loyal and having that be mostly at his plate was kind of weird. But I guess it just sort of mm-hmm. rolled with it. I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't get a get, get a good kick out of how polite his delivery was. Where it was like, "Well, I wasn't going to kill you, so if you leave, I'll spare you." And kind of, like, and Haru was just going nope, and like how that whole fight went down. I thought that was pretty amusing, and that was fun. But yeah, um, most interesting person in this section was probably Linda uh, Letter and his Granny Kambe here. Uh, Linda Leonard is generally pretty good at playing ground grandmas and attitude, so I like hearing her in these kind of roles. Mm-hmm. And like Andrew was saying, I thought she did a really good job initially of, you know, going between sounded like a very kind old lady when talking to Harwood and being very no nonsense with like talking to Conbay, like you listen to this nice young man and all that stuff. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, so, and, then we, so, and then we got to the whole twist and I thought she had like the right amount of events or two, but it was revealed she was a mastermind. Uh, I mean, since we brought up the whole psychopath thing, I feel like I should have expected this in hindsight. Like, you definitely should not trust a little, a little Leonard character. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I guess mean, I was dying. <laughs> I mean, psychopaths is a thing that exists, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, um, yeah, I thought they had the right amount of answer in that whole twist. That's how, and I definitely did. I definitely did get. And while the whole, like, thing with the whole, like, infinite energy source was kind of, like, you know, whatever, like, w- whatever, like, weird mystery shenanigans. Delium, so, I, I think it's what it's fucking called? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, 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 yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, and if we didn't like the whole, like, oh, humanity isn't ready for this, I'm like, yeah, that definitely does sound like something a rich old person would say to defend their wealth. So I thought that was, like, the yes. most, I thought that was yeah. the most category yeah. this show ever had. <laughs> and then how... Yeah, and then how that all it's gets... Like, it's like a fucking prospe- prospector in a fucking gold mine trying to protect fucking... 
Yeah, that's why I appreciate the puzzle. I'm going to cut leaked entirely by accident by Howard just like accidentally pressing a button when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying here. Don't blame me if society like fucking falls apart. <laughs> Whoops. Not my fault. Did I do something wrong, Suzu? Like, nah, you're fine. It's not my <laughs> fault. Jackson wanted me to tell you thank you. It's, okay, flop. It's not my fault society wasn't ready for unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I thought all these performances were pretty good. Okay. I'll jump in next so Gigi can continue trying to get Masked Singer Zoom access. I'm done. Uh, They're all during work. They all start at like 3 o'clock central time. Are you for real? Now yeah. I'm upset. I am That's too. Dumb. Well, my friend got so in, so I'm going to have all this. <gasps> I mean, no, I'm not. Lucky. Cut that out. <laughs> Lucky bitch. God. Um, I'll go next anyway. It's fine. Um... <laughs> I'll start with Jeremy as uh, Shigemaru, uh, Papa Kambe. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of agree with Jet that it's very hard <laughs> to see a bad dad in Jeremy. <laughs> but at, but I think part of it for me too is like, if you look at the character design of Shigemaru Kambe, it's a different kind of like character type too that Jeremy doesn't normally play. So I appreciate like twisting it a little bit more uh, and letting Jeremy play it. So, cause, cause Jeremy gave off this, not necessarily sinister, but like kind of dark, maybe slightly brooding, a bit more brooding than fucking Daisuke, you would think. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'll admit, I, I really did enjoy that a lot. Um, and it's also very interesting because <laughs> I'm I, I'm pretty sure this was figured out long ago. Jeremy kind of I think has to be Hattori in disguise. So I wonder if um any of that was taken into consideration with Jeremy's performance and trying to like make it a disguise, but maybe give like little small twinges of Hattori's uh, mannerisms and personality to an extent. Mm. Um which that would have been a very interesting way of performing it, because um, going through it for the first time, you obviously don't know that Shigemaru is um, actually Hattori in disguise. Going through it a second time, my brain was like, I wonder if there was any part in the performance that Jeremy had to like kind of portray some mannerisms that Brian would use, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that'd be kind of interesting um, if that was the case. It probably is the case, because Cliff has this sixth sense about how things go, which shows he's very good at it and pays attention to the through lines. Um, so I, I wouldn't put it past him that he kind of foresaw that, too. Media um, literacy is Bri important, ladies and gentlemen. It is very important. Um, steady up, boys and girls. Uh, speaking of Brian Mathis, <laughs> Hattori is nice, proper, butler, gentleman, like... May I help you with your coat? Would you be will you be staying for dinner, madam? Like it's it's the it's basically the stereotypical prim proper butler throughout the majority of the show. And even in the last episode when he faces Kato, <laughs> it's like he's still there, he's like I I wasn't ordered to I wasn't ordered to kill you. 
So that's not my directive. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, you're still keeping the act up throughout the whole course of it. But he's an undercover badass. And it's like, where did he get his training? Like, was, like, did he get trained to be an assassin or some horseshit? Like, I'm surprised I didn't delve into that more, which makes me sad. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the prim proper um, Hattori Butler, uh, who is just, like you guys were saying, is very, very loyal uh, to the Kambe family. Um, but I also have to agree with Jet. The clear star of this section is Linda Leonard as um, Grandma. Um, <laughs> and there are two highlights in her performance that I love. There's her first interaction, her introduction and her first interaction with Kato. And then there's episode 11 and her last interaction with um daisuke so we've mentioned this before so the first interaction she has with kato she's the sweet grandma is like oh please take care of my grandson da 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 daisuke you make sure you listen to this nice young man and then i made sure to get credits for linda before watching the end of the show again today and um i forgot how amazing linda is with her vocal tone and performance when she has to play those mind games, right? Because mm -hmm. um, she's, at the end of episode 11, Grandma Kambe is basically playing this entire little mini mind game with Daisuke. And I, I really loved Linda's performance in that because it was just like, oh shit. It was very convincing, actually. And I loved, I loved it. And it's now making me like, I need to go rewatch Psychopaths so I can see her those fucking mind games in there again. Like, it's so much fun. Um, but all three of these performances I did enjoy very, very much, though Linda did stand out. Gigi, what are your thoughts? I'll make this quick. Um, thank you, Grandma, for uh, being the crazy evil Grandma. Um, I, I don't, I've never seen any of the stuff that you guys are already talking about. So I was just like, oh my God, nice grandma turned crazy evil grandma. But yeah. she wasn't over the top, like witchy sounding, which mm. I really appreciated. Yeah. She wasn't like Ghibli movie villain grandma. It, she was, was, it was more subtle. Yeah. She was just like a subtle yeah. evil grandma. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for, for being a friend and one of the golden girls we can look up to. Um, okay, so here's my question that I have for you guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. When it was clearly Shigamaru in disguise, was that Brian Mathis playing Jeremy Inman or was that Jeremy Inman? Because I clearly heard Jeremy Inman in the flashbacks only. It is Jeremy Inman. It's more like it's more like Jeremy in Inman trying to have a little bit of Brian's personality. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I was pretty sure. It it's 100% Jeremy Inman all the way through with Shigamaru. I, yeah, I, I think it, it wasn't Brian until the mask quite mm -hmm. literally came off. Not metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally Cause, came off. Because I rewatched that last episode, um, and it was definitely jeremy and then the mask came off and it was brian right so that's why i was like 100 shigemaru was 100 jeremy so i was like okay but then i do kind of realize that in one of the scenes in the episode before maybe a couple episodes before he kind of sounded mm -hmm. canadian and i was like is that motherfucker jj oh oh my god <laughs> <laughs> wow we're getting a lot more yuri on ice callbacks than i was expecting tonight Shit. which Look, by the way, while we're on the subject, J Gigi, mm -hmm. 
You're 100% right. JJ is the best and actually did nothing wrong. I told you. What no, took I'm, you so long? I've agreed with you for years ever since I watched it in college. Like, JJ, all he was was just kind of a dick that one time. Look, 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 look. Andrew, just because you're right doesn't mean you're not still canceled. Look. <laughs> this is a this is a fight for a different episode. Maybe the Patreon show. Um, <laughs> Look, JJ JJ wouldn't get canceled, but he would get his nudes leaked. No, I'm saying you're still canceled, Andrew. I, even though you're trying to make good be be good with Gigi, you're still canceled. <laughs> I I'm aware. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that JJ is the king. No one can beat him. That's right. As everyone should know. Um, yeah, um, I thought I wouldn't necessarily call his performance like bad dad. He definitely sounded more like a dad than like a scientist dad. Like he kind of sounded nerdy to me. And I was like, all right. I mean, whatever. Like, I mean, mean, he is a nerd character. Yeah. Like he is accurate to Shigemoto's character. Yeah, he is a nerd. And I was like, okay, that's a little different. But then I thought I thought he was canadian and i was like okay well, i'm just gonna move on um so i thought jiro was played by chris Waycamp, and then i realized that it's the guy who plays elias and fucking ancient magus bride which i thought was chris Waycamp for the longest time so i was like oh of course it's brian oh. Mathis. <laughs> um, oh there it is okay so he's not one hell of a butler but i guess he's an okay butler i mean he's he, kind of he, sexy and evil that, every time on sebastian levels but he no He's, he's not Sebastian levels. But he is he's basically kind of sexy a ninja. and evil. But I mean, like, he's kind of sexy and evil sounding, but only when he talks to grandma. So I wonder mm. kind of what's going on there in the shadows. Like, maybe that's the spinoff that I wanted was like Golden Girls meets Butler Man, the Golden Butler. We'll go with that. Gigi. Um, I mean, you're right. Gigi. There's, that, there's that one. There's Andrew, let me say something. There is that one flashback <laughs> in the last episode where we've learned exactly what happened to Daisuke's mom where uh you have Hatori is like Mas- Master Shigemaru is going to see her it's like oh Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> but none of these daddies before. were the daddy I was looking for so we can move on now <laughs> so oh, see so you, you make it sound like it's kind of like a hunt for Cinderella or something like that when it comes to hunting for a daddy I'm I'm looking for the best dad in do you ha- do you the have millionaire a detective. For this? What's the slipper in this scenario? I don't know, like some handcuffs, <laughs> elevator <laughs> shoes. Oh, I'm gonna say, right. I was gonna say like elevator, elevator shoes. shoes, or or a nice like no, a Rolodex. You don't use a Rolodex anymore. You don't even know what a Rolodex is. Andrew, you're talking about a Rolex, not a Rolodex. Oh. Andrew, what is a Rolodex? Please tell me what you think a Rolodex is. Because I have a Rolodex from my old job, and I can tell you what a Rolodex is. <laughs> my please, grandfather please. has, an, has had an old here. Rolodex on his desk. Like. Can tell you what, what is a Rolodex, Andrew? I really want to know. Without you looking it up, what is a Rolodex? Yeah, please. What is a Rolodex, Andrew? I want to hear this. Um. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. Let's go. What's a Rolodex? Don't fucking Google oh, it now, bitch. <laughs> no, we're not googling this either. Stopwatch. Oh, man, we're, man, we're not even. A, we're not even an hour in. Did, and Andrew's already been canceled again. Did he say a watch? 
He a said a watch, watch, guys. A roll. Okay, stopwatch? listen to me. Listen no! to me, you little child. Okay, a Rolex <laughs> is a very expensive men's dress watch. A Rolodex is a little plastic or sometimes metal thing that you put on a desk where people used to write names and addresses and phone numbers of their clients in order to pull them out so they could call them or write them letters. <laughs> It's kind of like an old school address book. If yes, that makes sense. Okay, but it's in a got box. It. Got it. It's okay. like a recipe box Whoa. with people's <laughs> names in it. Do you know this what a recipe box is? This is just reminding me is? that I'm dating a child. I'm, I'm not that much of a child. Andrew. I'm sorry. Yes, you are. <laughs> Andrew, you're still fucking canceled, kid. Uh. Oh god. <laughs> I was just trying to help you find your daddy, and you're making fun of me. Fuck off. I found my own damn daddy. <laughs> that's not a- Hey, that's not a daddy. That's a Wookiee. Get it right. Oh my God. I missed you, fucks. Well, well, I know what the Patreon clip should be now. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie, for being an infant and not knowing what shit is. <laughs> I, was, I was Rolodex trying to say watch, but I, I forgot the phrase. <laughs> well, good job. Anyway, <laughs> while we're kind of dying here, let's move, on to, let's move on to our next set of characters. Um, we're going to talk about the two main characters from the first division. Um, of the Metropolitan Police Department, we have Katsuhiro Take and Ryo Hoshino. So Take is the <clears throat> is in charge. He's the director of the First Division, and Hoshino is one of the detectives on that force. They are very prevalent. One because um, Kato used to be part of the First Division until PTSD kicks in. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> and uh, two. Take, as well as one character we're going to talk about in the next section, they used to be partners, and they were on the original investigation team for the murder of Daisuke's mother. Um, and Take kind of dies towards the end. Maybe not exactly a heroic death, but... Um, he, he stood his ground he dies and he off was screen. murdered violently. <laughs> he dies off screen. Um... But anyway, the individuals voicing these characters, as Katsuhiro Take, we have Christopher Savitt, who has voiced characters such as Ayame Sama in all iterations of First Basket. <laughs> I liked how we talked about Psychopaths Jet, I'm sorry. Uh, he is Sakuya Togane in Psychopaths Season 2, oh. the season that does not exist. Oh, fuck uh, that guy! He's and he's the worst character, too. He's the fucking worst. Um, but for Gigi, he's also Ukio Asahina from Brothers Conflict. <laughs> yeah, boy. Wait, which wait, which 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 one was that? Was that the the doctor? I think he's the doctor character. The mom. He was the mom. AKA the doctor, right? No, the doctor. Well, wait, hold on. No, hold God, I'm getting my brothers confused. You keep talking. Oh no. Okay. okay. As while we're figuring this out. 
Uh, Ryo Hoshino is voiced by Jordan Dash Cruz, uh, who has voiced characters such as Soma Akiyama in Hensky, Lawrence in Wise Man's Grandchild, and Shota Tanoe in After School Dice Club. Ukio uh. is the one who I thought he was. He's the blonde one. He's the lawyer, not Got the it. doctor. Oh, he's the lawyer. Yeah. Okay. He, he wears a suit of some sort. That's what yes. I remember. Who was the doctor? Tatum was the doctor. Tatum. That's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Okay. I was on the right track. <laughs> Close. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll start on this one, I think. So I'm going to start with Jordan. Uh, because Hoshino is a... I don't know if he's a vindictive character. Um, he kind of has it out for Kato. Because <laughs> he thinks Kato brings trouble to everything. <laughs> Because Kato fucks shit up, he gets demoted, he almost got their superior, he supposedly got their superior in trouble and all this fun shit. Um, so Hoshino has a little bit, I guess like a little bit of a vendetta against Kato to an extent. Um, but, <laughs> huh. Jordan, Jordan doesn't come up very often, and it's a shame to me, honestly. Um, because I do like him, and I like his portrayal of Hoshino. <laughs> I wrote one note, and I think this is accurate. Uh, Jordan seems to be a stick in the mud. If that makes sense. Um, because Hoshino is very much a stick in the mud. He's a stickler of, like, rules and the guidelines. Is like, you stay out of this. This is, this is, this is First Division's investigation. What the fuck you doing? Get the fuck out of here. And, um... I, I like it. It comes through. Um, there is also that youthful energy because realistically, he's a, probably about the same age as Kato, um, to which Kato, we learn, is is about 30 years old. Um, so Hoshino's probably around that same range. And I like I do like Jordan's performance because it goes from stick in the mud and then eventually, like, towards the last third of the show, he kind of, like, warms up to a little bit more because at the end of it, he's like... He realizes, like, who Kato is actually as a person and how, um, what Kato's relationship to his superior actually is. Um, and then he's like, oh shit, I fucked up. And I think Hoshino kind of gets, like, kind of warms up a little bit more, um, and kind of relaxes a little bit more and becomes a bit more friendly, um, to Kato. Um, so I, I, I like the character progression and the performance that Jordan gives. And I, I, Jordan's... I, Jordan needs to be in more things that we talk about, I think, personally. <laughs> it's like, please. Because um, he's been around. The last time I remember talking about Jordan, I think, was four years ago. I don't remember when. But I know there was something. I can't fucking remember, though. Um, it was like a minor role somewhere. Um, I know where I talked about Jordan, but I'll save that surprise. Okay. Um, but moving on to Sabbath. Sabbath has the leadership and authority um, that we all know and love him for. Um, but I think I think what the main thing I want to point out with Take's character um, is during the second half of the series where we learn more about his past with um, Cho specifically. And you start seeing like him breaking apart a little bit and like kind of having this breakdown Um Especially when they're trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. 
um, was there like a cover up and all this fun stuff. And Take is just like slowly losing his ever loving garbage. Um, and I liked those that mental breakdown that Sabat had to betray. Because um, we, we all know and love Chris Sabat for like the strong, like authoritative, manly figures, but like having some of that uh, more psychological, more mental. Um, death to a death to a character, I think, is um, not only makes Take a little bit more well-rounded, but it shows um, a bit more versatility for Sabat as an actor as well, and I really enjoy that. Um, fucking Taco. Oh, Take, I I can't even die, tell him. I can't even say he died a hero's death because he was freaking the fuck out right before it happened. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to die. But um, anyway. But, um, no, I, I do like both these performances. Uh, let's go to, I'm gonna save Gigi for, uh, wait, Gigi was last on last one, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, Gigi, fuck it. Go uh, ahead. I, I wrote two notes down for, no, 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 wait. I'm gonna go with Jordan Dash Cruz first, because mm-hmm. we know that we love him from I Know Kusabi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And also Ensemble Stars. Mm, I, I still haven't watched all of Ensemble Stars. But. Yeah, neither have I. There's a reason for that. But we won't get into that on this episode. Um, Whoops. So going off of what you said, I think that I don't really think he dislikes Haru. Mm-hmm. I think he's really trying to figure out the line that he has to cross because they were friends and they were like equal. Right. And now mm-hmm. he's practically his boss. Not really his boss boss, but like he's his above superior. him. Exactly. So how do you go from right. somebody being your best friend to like, oh, now I have all this power over you and I have to tell you what to do. So it's like a hard line to 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 stand on and oh That's my gosh. Fair. Um he just sounds so serious in this. Mm-hmm. Um and I really liked him in I liked him best in the flashback episode. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but I, I thought Jordan did a really great job. Just it's a hard role to play when you have to kind of decide where that line is and where you want to cross right. it and where you don't want to cross it. So I understand. Um, and I thought he did a really great job at it. It's nice to hear him in something that else that I've watched. So I think he does a good job at stuff. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. all here for this guy. Um, and I wrote two notes down for Take. The first one is, I'm really happy that he gets to have this really dramatic scene that Chris does, because um, really, like, I don't listen, I don't watch the same stuff you guys do. So all I hear when I hear Chris Sabat is All Might, and I don't, mm, I'm not a huge fan of My Hero Academia. I mean, it's all right, but I mean, it is. This is not All Might, which brings me to point number two which is the other note that I wrote down, which is, I guess this was the daddy I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Okay. There he is. Um, So yeah, I really liked this. You like a man that fucks his way to the top? Yeah. How else are you going to get there? (laughs) Hard work. Ah, Do what you got to do, man. No, I thought I thought this is a really good performance. Um, I really liked it. I honestly, guys, I had a lot of trouble differentiating between all the 
the men in this show because they're okay. all they're all kind of similar and for the most part they have like a lot of similar lines to say like mm-hmm. but out of all of them like all of the um the supporting roles anyway i think um Chris's performance as Take was my favorite just because it stood out okay. the most to me and I felt that like I can believe that this guy is like detective cop boss like and that he was crooked yeah so yeah okay I yeah, I see it I like that he was he was daddy of the show and I'm surprised <laughs> that it's not Kambe too but when we get to Kambe you'll you'll get a brand new thing that will blow your fucking minds for me so oh no okay you've already heard it <laughs> uh jet how about your thoughts on these performances so starting with jordan bass cruz i'm not like super familiar with him like i've heard him in other things but uh he's not a boy that can uh pick out that distinctly but i thought he sounded fine here i thought his dynamic with kato was pretty interesting where like dj was saying it was clear that like they used to be friends so like he had so he like had some respect for him and that was and he's kind of like conflicted with that and i think also like just like i don't know if it's like it's what we say it in, but i my reading with that like he also i thought he kind of like maybe used to look up to haru in a sense and now like mm, haru's okay. bro- like and now haru's just kind of like a broken shell of who he used to be and i guess like mm-hmm. he, and i guess he just kind of like resents him for that now and i thought that was like an interesting dynamic i thought jordan got that across pretty well so, so I thought all their interactions were like pretty interesting, and I thought, I thought, I th- and I thought the way it kind of resolved towards the end, where like, and where Haru revealed that like he didn't really have any resentment towards the old boss, and he had nothing but respect for him. I said, I thought that was was handled pretty well. And uh, speaking of, and uh, speaking of said boss, uh, hey, it's Chris Abbott. I feel like I don't hear but a lot of like Sable dubs that aren't like Black Clover, My Hero. So it's mm-hmm. always got so it's always got a nice hero and like little things like this. I thought I thought he, I thought he did a pretty good job playing like the conflicted top director. I thought I thought I thought he had the right amount of gravitas in his younger days where like he where like he could where like he clearly wants to do the right thing, but you know, he also wants to uh be he also kinda of wants to, you know, have have things be pretty easy for his job. Which is why, which is why he kind of like marries his boss's wife, which is like, well, I mean, you whoa, know, whoa, whoa, marry his boss's wife? I thought it was I, his daughter. I, 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 daughter, I, daughter, right? Hold on, <laughs> I, I, I don't okay, think that okay, would get okay, him up to that. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't. Okay, Joe, that's how you know Take was willing to do anything to get up in the world. Hey, buddy. I see you're trying to get up in the cop world, okay? You're trying to be a big man. You're trying to do a justice real good. If you want to do a justice, how about you do my wife? I can't get it up for shit, and I think you <laughs> fucking my wife would be pretty hot. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> That's how Take got up in the world. No. No. No, it was the daughter, Andrew. But oh, neither is exactly I I'm going home. <laughs> Jet just had a small slip of the tongue, that's all. <laughs> look, look. How often do you bust my balls? I can bust Jets a little bit. It's fine. It's, yeah, it, it's fine. It's fine. He gets he gets the one tonight. He gets the one, but that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Jet. You're a good man. 
Yeah, my, but I thought he handled like the whole conflict there pretty well, and I kind of liked his whole like, I kind of liked his whole breakdown towards the end where we kind of you know you know get a little mystery of like, of like who killed Tyree Conway and all that, and all that jazz. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was a perfectly fine Chris. It was a perfectly fine Chris Evans performance. I thought it was definitely like one of the better. More distinct ones about this morning cast. It was good. Okay, uh, Andrew. Uh, I'll start off with uh, Chris Abbott. Uh, I think he does a very good job sounding like the authoritative, uh, gruff and tough boss man for a lot of this. And I think mm-hmm. also a thing that's been kind of underplayed is that it's always fun when you get to hear actors get to play up or down a little bit younger or older than like the character is because. Through a lot of the show, uh, Take is basically like a 50-somethings guy, maybe 60. Uh, but you also get the flashback where he was working alongside Cho, where he's at least a good, like, uh, he's within, like, early 30s or something like that. And it's interesting where y- you hear him play it down a little bit more, where he sounds noticeably younger and a little more, uh, I feel like, in tune with justice and procedure before he got a little bit corrupted by mm-hmm. everything around him. Um, but yeah, I think Sabbat does a really good job pulling that authoritative, uh, strong commanding leader. And I think he's got some great chemistry with uh, a lot of the ensemble cast, including uh, Haru and Cho. Mm-hmm. And now going into uh, Jordan playing Rio. I've heard Jordan in a couple of things. I think Jordan, what I associate with Jordan is that he's a little more of the uh, dude bro, laid back, jokester, kind of goofy asshole. I wouldn't say stonerish, but he's more of like the dude bro. Okay. I wouldn't even say stoner. I'd say like what I've heard of him in stuff like Hensky and I believe he was also in anime Gatteries. He's a little more dude bro Yes, than... I think he was too. And in this, he's playing what's much more the straight-laced, like, good boy. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, because he sounds a little too... Okay. On one hand, I believe, yes, this character might be a little bit of a straight-laced stiff. Mm-hmm. Which I think does intentionally come out in the performance... But there's times where I couldn't tell if he was being intentionally flat in the delivery or if it was just a flat line read. Mm, There was a couple of times where it genuinely kind of bothered me a little bit and it seemed like he was a little more flat or deadpan than I think the character really needed to be or should have been in that moment. Hmm. Which is like, I, I, I don't think he does a bad job, but I, I felt it was a little more distracting. Because there was a couple times where it's like, okay, you're, you're supposed to be a little more serious or a little more of an asshole. And he sounded a little bit, he, so, he, so, he sounded a little flat at times where it's like, I believe, yes, this character could have been a little straight-laced, a little bit play by the numbers. But I think when he had to emote or be a little more sincere, it kind of didn't work for me. Let me ask you this then. Because I'm not used to Jordan and his performances. Gigi's a little bit more used to him, I think. Um, but you basically... It sounded like you basically described a character type that Jordan usually plays. And this goes against type. Mm-hmm. Do you think 
that because Hoshino is against the usual type you're used to Jordan playing, you think that has something to do with it? I don't. I honestly don't think it's really against the type in this particular scenario because I feel like if okay. I, if I wasn't familiar with him and I still thought the performance was like really good throughout, I wouldn't have like too many issues. But I think there's just enough times throughout the entirety of Millionaire Detective where it was just flat and a little bit, um, a little bit weak that i thought it did kind of okay. underwhelm me at a couple of moments like i don't think he's bad and i do i could buy the argument that he is indeed uh supposed to be a little bit straight laced and a little bit more serious than like a lot of the other mm -hmm. characters but i feel there's just there's just a couple of moments where it just doesn't quite work for me especially especially when he's trying to be sincere and he's talking about like the he like he basically says like uh haru like the hero has has come back or something like that and it's supposed to be a kind of sincere moment and i didn't really buy it to be fair that's a pretty uh 180 about face for hoshino as a character too that kind of comes very quickly uh okay uh, that that's also fair but i i, I thought it was that's, that's very fair because all because we go from him and kato like be like him talking to Kato in a fucking interrogation room, basically accusing him potentially of Cho and Take's murders. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to help you. He, the hero is back. Like it's a complete 180. So I, I can see where that can be an issue. But um, it's, it's that I don't think, I don't think Jordan's bad, nor do I even think he's doing a bad job here. But I would also okay. say that it's probably unfortunately one of the weaker performances in the dub overall. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> alright, I there's five characters in this next group, though I'm pretty sure three of them are going to go by very quickly. Um, two of them have larger roles. Uh, we're going to talk about the Modern Crimes Unit. Uh, this, the squad. <laughs> this is where a pair... The squad. This is where the bad eggs seem to go. <laughs> All the time. Uh, in, in this wonderful squad, we have the... <laughs> <laughs> the acting director that we find out at the end of the fucking show. Um, uh, Yukihiro Koimizu. Uh, we have the oldest member on that squad. Uh, and just a few days out from retirement, <laughs> Chosuke Nakamoto, a.k.a. Cho. Uh, we also have Mahoro Saike. Saike. Well, Saiki, I can fucking talk. Shit. She is the only female member of the unit. Uh, she And the main characteristic for her is that she just loves sweets. Uh, we have Shinosuke Kame, who <laughs> his main characteristic basically... he One, he's a lazy sack of shit. Two, he's a complete perv. <laughs> um, and not, then we have not Tepe even Yimoto. that. He's, just, he's also into, like, senior ladies... Yeah, like, yeah, everybody's... Again, again, he's a perv. <laughs> he, again, he's a bit of a perv, because there's jokes at his expense about, like... There's sex-related sex jokes made at his expense in porn sites and horseshit. Um, and then we have Tepe Yumoto, uh, who's probably, like, middle-aged in terms of the entire crew, um, who, whose main characteristic is betting on, is gambling. <laughs> like, he bets on horse races and boat races and all the fucking time. Uh, and he, 
You're gonna love how I dubbed this individual once we talk about these performances. Um, Koyamitsu and Sho play larger roles in the show, though, because the two of them are also tied, just like Take, to the investigation to Sayori Kambe's murder. Uh, the individuals voice these characters, starting from the bottom. Yumoto is voiced by David Matranga, who is voiced characters such as Bertolt Hoover from Attack on Titan, uh, Yukimasa Sagura from Red Data Girl, and the Wolfman from Wolf Children. Uh, Kaime, uh, Kame, I can talk! Holy shit! Aaron Roberts, who has voiced characters such as Pastis from Aka 13th Territory Inspection Department. Gigi will love this one probably. Sunny from Toriko. And an old fucking callback t- for all the older fans of Dub Talk here, Cody Balfour. <laughs> oh my god. From Gangsta. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Um, if you don't know the joke, please go watch our Sky Wizards Academy episode. There's a reason why this- Cody Balfour just saves the day. It's fine. The episode. Um, the show's optional, we promise. Um, Psyche is voiced by Lucy Christian, who has voiced characters such as Nessa from Fractale, Reg from Made in Abyss, and Itomi Kashiwa from Welcome to the NHK. Uh, Cho is voiced by Kent Williams, who has voiced characters such as The Judge from Ace Attorney, Mal from Dark and Black, and Sid Barrett from Soul Eater. And finally, as Koimizu, we have Ben Phillips, who has voiced characters such as President Turtle from Africa Salaryman, Pokotaro from Recover from an MMO Junkie, and Yoshitake Shiraishi from Golden Kamui, that little dumbass. Um, alright, let's start with Jet. What are your thoughts on these performances? Okay, so, uh, I can be pretty quick with most of these. Um... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, David Betranga, not gonna lie, I honestly kind of forgot he was there after a while. Yeah, his character didn't do much, and he was just kind of in the background the whole time. But I mean, it's David Betranga. He's um, he always sounds good. He sounded fine here. And so, I mean, I guess the best thing I can say is that like he did is that uh, he uh, is that he did a good job of not like standing out too much. Which I mean, his character was largely in the background, so that mm-hmm. felt kind of necessary. And uh, yeah, it was fine. It was just he didn't have. Like much to do, so I kind of forgot about him. Aaron Roberts as Tame, I thought he was uh, pretty. I thought he was pretty funny. I got mm-hmm. a few. I got a few good lines out of his character. Constantly just looking at board sites. I mean, which seems like a weird thing to do when you're on the clock, but I guess if you have mm-hmm. that much free time, it's like yeah. whatever. But <laughs> the modern crimes unit doesn't really um, help with a lot of big things. <laughs> They're just usually, they're usually stuck with, like, uh, lost children or fucking a fight in the subway or some shit. <laughs> they're stuck with the with the bottom of the barrel type of offenses. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I thought Aaron, I thought Aaron played, like, a really good butt monkey. I got a good, I got a lot of good laughs out of his delivery. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy Christian and Psyche, it was... Basically, just Lucy Christie doing her thing, playing like a really nice lady. Uh, she's always good at that sort of thing. Honestly, had like the right amount of pep and energy. Mm-hmm. As I, uh, as I, I think like one of her highlights was probably like, I think it was episode five during like the whole bobbing thing where she's just yes. like, it's like where where she's just kind of like palling around with like a janitor and that ends up saving the day. Basically, I thought that yes. was pretty funny. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of appreciated her to living like during the episode directly after that where 
night where like the directors are trying to figure out who to blame for all this, and then she, and then immediately she's like, I did I did absolutely nothing. It was him. <laughs> <laughs> like they all threw Kato under the bus. It was great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that was. And then they look at Daisuke. It's like, what are you what are you looking at me for? I was off duty. I'm not in trouble for this shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Ben Phillips is a Jiamizu. I thought I thought he sounded pretty fun. He had like this kind of he had like this kind of nice sort of. It feels kind of weird to say goofy dad considering like it's a cop, but it's like I guess kind of like weird sort of like goofy dad voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that where he say where he say where he just sounds like a very nice dad, just kind of like I just kind of like I don't know. I guess like dealing with his children constantly, and I thought and I thought he. I thought his performance had a pretty amusing uh, in trying to, you know, just kind of keep the whole band together, I guess. And uh, well, we, and I kind of liked uh, the contrast between how he sounded in, in the modern day and how he sounded in the flashback, where yes, he sounded like he sounded like a little gruffer back then, which I appreciate. It wasn't like super distinct, but it was definitely enough that you can tell there was a shift in his tone, and uh, mm-hmm. it definitely added to like the seriousness of those flashbacks, which I thought helped, and I thought his delivery was a little stronger there, too, so I definitely appreciated that. Uh, but the highlight of this section would definitely be Kent Williams' show. I thought he had a really nice, kind of exhausted old man who's been around the block kind of tone to his voice, and Kent Williams is always really good at that sort of thing, so I really liked him here. Uh, I definitely got like a really good kick out of his delivery in like episode three, in like episode two or three, where like, uh, where like they, where like they're doing a bunch of interrogations, and, and in his interrogations, he pulled the whole like, "What was your mom think, card?" And I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kato early on is just like he can learn a thing or two from Cho. Is like, what would your poor sweet mother think of what you've done? <laughs> and the guy just breathes like eh. it's like oh my god yeah. fucking show he's the best yeah, like, yeah. I think yeah, but I was appreciated that when Bruce comes to the show if he could also uh, he's also kind of willing to do whatever it takes to get, get things done I mean yeah, I mean you know cops pulling crooked stuff is like yeah, you know mm-hmm. but uh, you know but I mean this show is like pretty goofy for the most part so I don't want to like nitpick on that too much but Wait, I just thought of something. Oh, no. Was what? Kent Williams the fuck you detective man from Death Parade? Yes. Yes, he, yes, he was. Oh, my God. It makes so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's not that much of an awful detective uh, uh, this yes, time. Yes, he's not that awful of a cop. He's not that awful here, which is fine. <laughs> just just maybe, like, he'll go to lengths to solve cases, yes, but he's also not going around murdering people, so. <laughs> that helps. It helps. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, sorry, but, sorry, but, yeah, I thought he, I, th- I thought he, pre- he thought he died pretty good when he was, like, uh, uh, when he was, like, sorry, when he was, like, you know, trying to kind of blackmail the office lady, I thought that was pretty good. Mm. And, so, and, so, and, like, with Ben, so, and, like, with Ben, I thought, I appreciated that he sounded a lot rougher and kind of a little more hard-boiled during the flashbacks when he was younger. Yeah, I thought I, I, I thought I thought it was like very distinctive compared to how like kind of grump, kind of grumpy and tired he sounded as an adult. Or, yep, I right. mean, I thought that was pretty effective, and um, I thought he just sounded really well rounded throughout the whole thing. And personally, this was probably my favorite performance of the dub. So, yeah, uh, can't really go wrong with Kent Williams. 
Okay. Uh, Gigi. I could pretty much sum up all of these characters with that little meme that says, this is fine. You mean the one where everything's on fire? You mean the one where everything's on fire? Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it's fine. Okay. But there's fire everywhere, Gigi. I don't care. (laughs) Gigi's like, eh. Right. I'll, I'll go into slightly more depth. Uh, Dave Matranga sounded very bitter and he kind of sounded grizzled. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. liked it. I think Dave Matranga really shines more as older characters, which is like blasphemy for me because Tokia or Tokia Todoroki is my favorite My Hero character, which is what most people know him as. But I think he sounds better as older characters. Uh, I almost didn't recognize him. Lucy Christian was Lucy Christian, except she was only aged slightly and she ate a lot. So many sweets. That's about it. Um, Aaron Phillips. I Roberts, sorry. Aaron Roberts. Aaron I fucked Roberts. up originally. <laughs> Way to oh, go. Christ. Jeez. I wrote it down as Phillips. I'm sorry, Aaron. That's I know my who fault. you are. It's Stephanie's that's my fault. fault because that's my fault because when I originally sent the list over to these guys to keep track of for people who were discussing, I accidentally put Aaron Phillips and not Aaron Roberts. Aaron Phillips is a completely different person. Oh my god! I know who you are. You're that's an A three. We follow each other on Twitter. What's up, Aaron Roberts? Hey. Anyway, um, I honestly I thought this was adorable. He's a little floof. I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> little floof. He, like, He sounded the perfect mix of insecurity (gasps) and cop ready to help out, but very, very careful. He's a little floof. I liked this a lot. I like Uh, that description. He's a floof. Floof. You know, like fluffy, but like. He also has floofy hair a little bit. Yeah, a little floof. Yeah, I see it. I call Chris that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) My little floof. Nice. Yeah, that's my pet name for my boyfriend, ladies and gentlemen. This is where my life is now. Um, (laughs) Ben Phillips, who's not Aaron Phillips, who's really Aaron Roberts. Um, I thought he sounded kind of nerdy, but like you don't really know why. But he's Mm kind of like trolling everybody all along. So I kind of I dug that. Um, He's kind of like the boss we all really want. But like, yes, the one that we don't get. I was like, man, like the boss we want, but we don't deserve. Exactly. Like you could be my boss. You sound like the boss that I would really enjoy having. So I was all about that. And then Kent Williams, uh, again, other than my floof, Aaron Roberts, uh, I thought I felt like a lot of dedication in his performance, like Mm -hmm. not just him saying the lines dedicated, but like dedication to his job um Mm. like dedication to finding the answer to this mystery that's been haunting him basically for most of his adult life um he sounded like a good mix of tired and motivated which is basically how cho should sound after all these years um i really enjoyed this performance too so like i said this is fine okay i'm gonna hop in next andrew can go last um I will start with Lucy, Aaron, and David, because they're going to be really easy to go through. Uh, Lucy is sweet and adorable, just like the sweets she eats. It's great. (laughs) I love her. Can I also bring up, and this might also lead me into Aaron Roberts, too, a little bit. Episode nine? I think it's nine, yeah. Nine? I think it's nine. Where, um, 
she, Aaron, and David's characters basically, like, leave to quote-unquote go get lunch because Modern Crimes is on lockdown and, um, Haru, um, Kato gets, um, taken into custody as a material witness to, um, both Cho and Take's deaths. Um, <laughs> and they're just chilling in a van and... <laughs> You have Lucy's character telling Aaron's character, like, to get a goddamn signal with an old school fucking antenna, antenna on top of his van. She's like, you, you, it's the funniest shit. It's like, all right, you got to move a little bit this way, this way. And she's like, that's not it. What are you doing? Like, Lucy was so cute. Um, I loved it. Uh, leading into Aaron. Uh, <laughs> Aaron is... I... Floof is an accurate description of this character, actually. See? He's floof. He's so, he's so, like, lighthearted and cheery and all this fun stuff, but at the same time, he doesn't want to do jack shit. Yeah, he's a little He floof. wants to do nothing. He wants none of it. Like, he's, again, he, he, like it's been said, he is the butt monkey of the unit, essentially. Um, he's the butt monkey, and Kato is the fucking martyr nine times out of ten um <laughs> so nobody gets in trouble but kato um but aaron's a fun like light performance and i i really loved it, it was so much fun the one i wrote for david that i really want to bring up <laughs> david is just an old man who yells at clouds <laughs> see he does sound grizzled an old man who yells at clouds that's exactly right <laughs> like i can see uh yumato david's character just standing there looking at the sky like shaking his fists at the clouds being upset it's so dumb but it works i'm a little sad that his character doesn't get to do too much um because aaron and lucy kind of steal the spotlight on more occasions than one um compared to david uh <laughs> being the grumpy old man that yells at clouds all the time is a fun description of this character and i love it um Ben Phillips, I also really enjoy. I, I saw um, Kiyomizu, Kiyomizu as um, this happy, jolly character. Is like, ah, don't worry about it. It's on me. Don't worry about it. Um, but I'm glad that it was brought up there was a difference between um, current uh, Kiyomizu and the flashbacks. Uh, and this kind of, I think, also goes into Ken's performances show as well. Um where the second the two of them are stuck with the modern crimes unit, it's like a weight's been lifted off their shoulders. It, with, except for Cho to an extent. Um, because we've, we find out in the flashbacks that while they were working with the First Division, there was a lot of pressure from the higher-ups. and Because the Kambe murder case was a huge deal. And so a lot of pressure was put on them. And especially with... Um, Kiyomizu, um, because he reports directly to, um, the big head honcho, basically. Um, but the second Kiyomizu gets sent to Modern Crimes, he kind of, he loosens up a bit more, and it's, it's, it's a nice contrast, and I love the, I really like the performance of the pro progression there. I love that he's, you, you guys refer to him as a troll. <laughs> Coming from, th this being portrayed by probably, as far as I know of, one of the most, <laughs> infamous anime trolls Shiraishi <laughs> Oh god Kamui. I love Shiraishi so much he's so, he... Shiraishi's a dumbass Oh he, Shiraishi rules 
Shiranshi's a dumbass, but I love him. Um, but I really love Ben Ben's performance. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent, Kent is definitely the star in this section because there are so many layers to Cho's character um, that, if anything, his aside from um, Daisuke and Kato, um, their slight character arcs. I think that if anyone, Cho has the biggest like character arc and progression through the entire show as this older cop close to retirement but there's this one case that has been waiting on him for years and he wants to know the truth and he wants to like like bring to light and like have justice served and seeing ken's progression throughout the course of the show um is very interesting and intriguing um and I bet Andrew's gonna say this, and I'm sorry if I'm gonna if you're you're gonna stuck, be stuck repeating me. We sometimes forget how good actors can be. I literally said Kent, that in the chat earlier today. That's why I said I'm sorry. You're probably gonna be repeating now. Ah, oh, damn it. Um, Kent is one of those actors. Like we for, we we take for granted actors and how amazing they can be with their performance and their versatility. Kent is definitely one of those. Um. And I enjoy the performance 100% for Cho. Um, he's definitely up there as one of my favorites. I am sorry, Andrew, for po- probably taking words out of your mouth, but you can go ahead now. Ah, fine, fine, fine. Alrighty. Uh, so I'll I'll start this off. Uh, David Matranga. Uh, he sounds very different than he usually sounds, but that's pretty interesting. I think he's kind of a fun, mm-hmm. grizzly old bastard, and I wish he got to do a little bit more. Um, Aaron. F- old man that yells at clouds. Ah, uh, God, I almost called him Phillips, too. I fucking hate this. Aaron <laughs> Roberts. Aaron Roberts. Aaron Roberts. Aaron I'm Roberts sorry. as Aaron Roberts does a very good job being Aaron Roberts. Um, But yeah, no, he does a good job sounding like this kind of frazzled old... He doesn't really give a shit about what's going on, and he's doing his best. He's kind of the butt monkey, and he's kind of horning it on... He's he's watching porn at work and it's just like oh hey uh, who who turned that on like bro. Also, we kind of forget that by the end of the show, all like they're all just using Hughes Hughes to just do their shit because I guess he became because I guess he just became a royalty free service at the office. I guess. Sure. But yeah, no fucking um, uh, Aaron does a fun job. He basically the butt monkey i love when he's just on the roof and he gets to be bullied by lucy christian who by the way yes lucy's adorable lucy's hilarious she's a lazy old gremlin who's just trying to eat all the snacks and she makes friends with like she basically saved the entirety of episode five just because she befriended yep. a janitor who also made a copy of that same room because he wanted to go and jerk off every now and then yes like, he literally made a spare, stupid, star-shaped key because he needed some private time to jack it. <laughs> she saved the day on that case, just as a reminder. But yeah, no, she's adorable, and I like when she bullies uh, Aaron's guy. I think these three are fun. I really like Ben Phillips as uh, as their boss, their acting director. I actually really like that. Like, I, I think that final episode, that was a fun twist. Oh, I wasn't actually your boss. I was the acting director. But now I'm actually the director. So I'm actually your boss now. Yay! I'm like, okay, that's funny. (laughs) 
No, I think he's got. That was a fun little. Twist. I think he's got a very fun like. He's got a very fun, jovial tone of voice, kind of lackadaisical, but he's just a very fun guy who, he likes his team and cares for his team, but he's not really, like, going to bust your chops. He's just going to be, he might tease you a little, but he's just going to do his thing, let you do your thing. I actually really liked when I was going back into the origins of the Sayuri Kanbe case, when he's actually getting really mad where he's basically worried mm -hmm. about internal pressure, and he actually snaps at Sabbath. And, like, I was like, oh, shit, Ben's actually mad right now. And it kind of caught me off guard. Yep. I was like, holy shit. But, yeah, no, I think he does a good job. He's a jovial, he's friendly, he's just a good boss. And, yeah, no, you're gonna steal what I said already, so I'm just gonna say it right now. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Kent Williams is fucking fantastic he is fantastic he's genuinely like a real he's a veteran of the industry and i think he really gets to show his stuff off a lot he's just really really good i was really impressed with his with his abilities and i think he just really brings show to life just tremendously he makes him this very old two days from retirement character, which as soon as they mentioned he was going, to, he was almost at retirement. I'm like, oh, you're fucking dead. You're so <laughs> fucked. You're so <laughs> fucked. There was no way. Oh, shit. There was no way he was going to get out of that alive. But no, I like, I just like when he gets to be like kind of like an old grandpa that's doing his best. But I love. Yes. I actually also really love seeing him play dirty it's kind of fucked, but it actually, like, really shows, like, he is willing to put his feet on the table, take a cigarette, and be like, mm -hmm. I have all the cards now. You answer my questions, or you're fucked. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. That's despicable. That's a corrupt police state. But god damn it, Kent Williams is fantastic. And honestly, yeah, one of the best performances in the show, period. Alright. Any other quick thoughts before we move on to the next characters? Uh, or should I say character and robot? <laughs> hey, robots are people too. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, let's move on to our next dynamic duo who uh, work very closely with Daisuke and uh, to an extent Kato. So we have Suzue Kambe, who is uh, Daisuke's assistant with all of this case and stuff like that. And according to Daisuke, she's a family relative. To what extent? We don't fucking know. <laughs> and that's gonna... And I say this because Suzue is very, very... I'm trying to figure that out, too. Because it's like, I think she's his sister? It does not say. They also refer... She also refers to them as your parents. Okay, okay, they say rel okay, they say relative, so I immediately just assume, like, cousin or something. But I'll say, relative, so bare minimum cousin. <laughs> bare minimum. Um, we There's no confirmation about the extent of the relationship, just that she is a family relative. That's okay, it. Okay, uh, uh, is it, uh, like, there's probably gonna be, there's gonna be, like, a minor chance, but if there's one thing I can say, I thought she was going to be a lot more important, because, like, you look at the opening song, and she's, like, all over the opening. She, I think she's going right. to be, like... The opening is basically a James important. Bond parody. Right. And she gets to be all it the is, sex and It's a fucking banger. Oh, no, it's a fucking banger. <laughs> You're right, but... Yeah, she was all over the opening, and then, like, 
not that relevant to him. I, I, I thought she was going to be a too. little more femme fatale or something like that. But... She, she, yeah, so I, I guess, think like, if, for, for an accurate comparison, she's the Alfred. What if Alfred was fucking hot? With nice. Yeah, I guess the conclusion I ultimately just came to was like, okay, so whoever directed the opening was just really horny, which, like, I don't blame No, the opening is amazing and very horny. It should have been more horny. The sexual tension is there, boys and girls. So, yeah, Suzu. God damn it. Um. Yes, Suzue. And then we also have Husk, uh, who is this... <laughs> he ba- Husk is a AI uh, who helps basically achieve everything and anything that Daisuke and the Kanbei family want or need uh, to a certain extent. <laughs> because we... The, the big thing that kind of kicks off the second half of the show is the fact that there's an order that Daisuke gives to Husk, and Husk can't do it because Daisuke doesn't have the clearance to do it. Um, and that kind of sets everything in the motion. Um, the individual is voicing these, <laughs> this character and AI. Uh, as Husk, we have Jim Ferranda, who has voiced characters such as Joe Wise from Code Geass, Akito the Exiled, Emperor Hadrian from Thermai Romai, and probably one of the more well-known roles to date under his belt, Muscular from My Hero Academia. As for Suzue, we have Michelle Rojas, who is with characters such as Toka Miyashita, aka Boogie Pop, from Boogie Pop and Others, Koyagami from New Game, and Hugh the Dark Algernon III from Servamp. <laughs> Fun little throwback there. Um, let's kick things off with Andrew, what are your thoughts on these performances? God, that's a fucking name from Surf Amp. I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah. So I'll start with Hughes. Uh, Hughes is a delightful robot AI, and I love Jim's very casual banter as the role. He's got mm-hmm. this very calm, soothing, like Siri Cortana esque energy to him. Which I think really okay. comes through a lot. I love I every time he says the phrase balance unlimited, it's just so very calming and fun. Yep. Okay. Oh, also I actually completely forgot. Uh I, I was just remembering this. I think one of the hardest one of the hardest laughs I had in the entire show, rewatching it again, was when like uh Suzue is basically freaking the fuck out because Kambe has no phone and no money and he's just, and yes. she's just basically stalking him on all the cameras making sure he's okay and he doesn't hurt himself and he's like and she's just mm-hmm. like oh no oh he's got no money he can't pay for anything and Hughes just says balance limited it's like nobody asked you <laughs> uh, yep. I got such a kick out of that I was like oh that's that's so funny but I think Jim does a great job but it's also he also is very good at upping the tension, like when he's just mm-hmm. like, I cannot answer that. I cannot answer that. Where it's basically like he's kinda of willing to do and partake in all the things. But it kind of has a very oh shit factor when this sentient AI robot thing is saying, I cannot do that. You do not have permission to access that. And it's just like, oh shit. Even the rich fuck boy can't do anything about this. What's he gonna do now? Like, oh, damn. 
But yeah, no, Jim's got a very nice, mm-hmm. calming, like, Siri Cortana-esque voice. And I think he does a great job with the delivery. And it's just very, very chill and matter-of-factly. And it just works. Michelle Rojas. I like Michelle Rojas. She's a lot of fun. She's got a really great voice. She's playing this, I'd say... I'd say she she's not playing this so much as, like, sexy, but a little more very... She's very much, like you said, she is very much like the assistant. I was expecting her to be a lot more femme fatale, but she is basically just, like, a really good, like, dedicated, like, helper. She's she's the Alfred. She's the Alfred in this. More or less. With a better rack, anyways. Uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> Michelle, I think she does a very fine job. Uh, she's very fun. She's very entertaining. I like her chemistry with Kanbe. I like her... I like her interactions with other characters. She's pretty good. She's a very good... I wouldn't even say... Okay, you know what? I wouldn't say Alfred. If anything, I'd say more of like... She is an oracle. She is oracle. She is uh, Which is... Which is like Batgirl more or less. I think that's more of a apt comparison. And I think it works. But yeah, no. I definitely say my favorite <laughs> moments is when she's basically fretting over Daisuke running away like a lost kitten and she's just kind of freaking mm-hmm. out and losing sleep and just snapping at everything. I thought it was just, that was just really funny. But I no, I think she does a good job and she's very entertaining and I think Michelle does a great job with that uh, fun, supportive delivery while also kind of freaking out. But yeah, no, I'm not sure what her actual familial relationship with is because there's that one scene where she's under the covers with Daisuke. It's like, what the fuck's up with that? I know nothing happened, but there's a lot of like, okay. Yous can read lips if we're whispering. <laughs> so let me hide under <laughs> some okay. okay, again, Andrew, this can simply be explained as the enemies were really horny. Which again, yes. I do. Which again, I don't blame yes. them. But look, look, they yes. they, they are yes. okay. Look, they they look. Daisuke and Suzuki are pretty fucking fine. Nobody's gonna deny that. I'm just like that's odd. They think they're siblings. I can't even tell. Anyways, Michelle Rojas. Uh, I really liked her as uh, Suzuki. She was a lot of fun. Jim Fordona as as Suzuki. Uh, I'm not particularly familiar with him, but I definitely thought I definitely liked him here. I thought he had like. The right kind of soothing robot. I thought he had like a nice kind of very soothing robot voice that was very nice to listen to. It was a, it was a, it was a very nice male theory. I I appreciated it. As I and, and I as I and I and I thought it was like just as effective when you find it that Husky is like kind of evil and I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was like. I, I wouldn't say there's like a shift in his tone after that, but I do just kind of like how whenever you hear it. Here afterwards, how it just kind of sounds menacing in a sense, mm. and it's okay. and, I th- and I thought that was pretty effective. Uh, but uh, as I but I definitely have a little bit more to say about Michelle Rojas because I definitely dug her here. I really enjoyed her here. I thought she had like a very kind of nice, prim and proper tone to her voice, which kind of felt as I, as I, it was kind of felt appropriate for a rich lady, and I. I kind of liked how well she balanced between kind of having like a little bit of sultriness to, to her tone while just mostly sounding really overprotective of Daisuke, uh, which was really funny. It's, it's, it's mostly in episode four, like Andrew was saying, where she's just kind of like fretting over him like a lost kitten. I thought that was really funny. That was like, oh, how is he going to survive tonight? It's like, eh, hey, meanwhile, Granny's like, oh, he'll be perfect. like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll come <laughs> home when he's hungry. <laughs> fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, 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 I was... I was slightly, I was slightly amused by your delivery where we find out he is evil and she like drives and she like drags the ice under the cover. I thought that was pretty funny, even if like the framing was kind of weird. Uh, so again, like on the whole, I kind of expected her to, like I said before, I kind of expected her to be like a little more prominent in the show, but uh, so, but yeah, she was mostly just kind of like a friendly Oracle stand-in. And I, and I thought she was, fun, and I thought she was fun for the most part. I liked her a lot. I'll just, I'm going to jump in on this one. Uh, I'm going to start with Jim, because this one should be very, very quick. Because um, I don't have notes on Jim, sadly. But muscular this is not, <laughs> first of all. Um, this is The only other main, major role that I know Jim for is muscular for my hero. Muscular this is not. <laughs> um, but I have to agree with a lot of things that um, have been said already. Um... It's very, very much Siri, like a male Siri, like, balance, unlimited. It's like, it's almost, <laughs> I can't believe I'm fucking saying this because it's me. It's almost the level of AI read me the phone book levels here, <laughs> if that makes sense. Are you joking? It's weird. Sadly, so, okay, okay, found okay, okay, a read me okay, the phone okay, book okay, Andrew, person okay, and okay, it is okay, a Andrew, computer. You know what you have to, you know what you have to do now. Next time you see Seth, you have to talk to her in a really smooth robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> Please, no, don't do that. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Gigi, what were you saying? I believe I can comply with that. <laughs> no! Just get oh, auto-tune on your phone. Get that thing that Little John had, or the Ying Yang twins, where you talk into it and it auto-tunes your voice. Oh, Christ. I can't believe you finally found a read the phone book guy. No, I'm not saying robot. this is a read the phone book guy. It's just what it's reminding me of right now. I would be happy. That fucking makes sense. I would be happy to read to you aloud, my lady. Oh, God. She didn't say now, you. She I said you. What have I fucking Go done? Go read your Rolodex, Andrew. <laughs> With pleasure, you fucking bitch. Guess, guess what a Rolodex is? A phone book. With all due, with all due respect, madam, please eat my entire ass. Fuck off. Get bent. Love you too, dude. I'm so happy the four of us are covering this show together. It's great. Have you um, noticed that I only chime in when I get irritated and want to yell at Andrew? <laughs> like, I don't feel good, ladies and gentlemen. I've been sitting look, here for two hours. Anyway, trying to rein it back in on myself. <coughs> um, Jim Feronda is nice male Siri voice, and it's fun, and I like it. <laughs> Michelle, seriously. Um, <coughs> it's really interesting the direction this character went very early on. We initially meet her as she's undercover in one of the, as she went undercover in um, one of the cases uh, that Kato and Daisuke take part in. And fucking, she, she is seen as this beautiful woman who um, kind of gives off maybe that femme fatale vibe. And then they go in a completely different direction with it. 
And this is where the character of Suzume herself kind of loses me a little bit. She's very obsessed with Daisuke. <laughs> like, not like... Not to the point of like yandere levels. Okay, 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 to be okay, to be to be fair, I don't think it is ever at any point implied she wants to like jump his bones or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> but obsessed in the way of like his well-being <laughs> and all this fun shit. Um, it's like, and I think that's where I think Michelle shines a bit more is those crazy moments. Again, we keep bringing up episode four where she's fucking like sitting there. Like, having no sleep and just waiting for Daisuke to come home. Like, Master Daisuke, what are we gonna do? And Grandma's like, bitch, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but in a nice grandma way. Um, just because Suzue has a little bit of, like, an, an obsessed mindset about Daisuke's well-being doesn't mean she, does, she also does not have her badass moments, too. Because she fucking... Goes up against Shigemaru Kombe when um, he in he in, he invades the house to basically go and murder Cho and Take. Um, so she has her moments of badassery too, and I really, <laughs> I think Michelle is a lot of fun um, portraying this this character, and I just love it. But yeah, my favorite moments are whenever she's like freaking the fuck out <laughs> over Daisuke, and it's great. Um, Gigi. Uh, just like everybody else said about Jim Veranda playing Husk, um, I wish my Siri would sound like this, because then I wouldn't want to smash my phone every time Siri accidentally comes on. Um, I really would enjoy a pleasant computer voice telling me that I have money constantly. I think that would be a fun activity for everyone, maybe myself. So um, I'm just going to link that to my bank account and like be happy every time I check it. When I really Hell have a yeah. dollar in there, and then it will tell me balance unlimited, and I'll be like, "Yes, thank you." Yes, more more figures, please. Yeah, more more stuff. Mama needs a house. Anyways, <laughs> um, so like I think I found that I really like Michelle Rojas a lot lately. She mm -hmm. really just sounds very pleasant in this anime. Like I like to listen to her. She doesn't have any weird like vocal inflections or anything that like okay. make me not want to listen anymore because you know some people they have like certain vocal inflections that I don't really care for that don't sound pleasing to my ear but I Michelle like Suzue sounded very professional and uh, a lot of unflustered most of the time except most, in the yes. episodes that everyone has already Mentioned. Except for episode four, which we all love so fucking much. Exactly. It's, it's the um, most like low stake, but also like the best character development stuff. Yes. Hey it man, is. I'm still confused about that dog in the end. Did he really buy that little shit a new dog? Yeah. He it did because the, yes, he he bought the, sh the little shit a new dog only because his actual dog got run over. Should have just That's paid the why. dog's hospital bill. That probably would have cost more than a new dog. Would have made people happier. I mean, if the anyway. dog was dead, he would have had to make a homunculus dog. We know how well that. How goes. do you know the oh, dog was dead? Was it on? Did the said, dog die? Yes, they said yes, the dog they died. Said, they said the dog died. Oh, the well, dog was... died by getting hit by a car when he ran out into the street. I just so heard a, hit uh, by a car. Clearly, I wasn't paying attention at this point. 
as a, uh, uh, I mean, if it makes, I mean, he could bring the dog back, but we're not going full with Aquaman here. So. Look, it's it's either look. If you want to go another direction, the dog didn't die. He got isekai to a better world. God damn it. Anyway. Yep. So I liked Michelle Rojas a lot. I liked Jim Ferranda a lot. And I am kind of sad that the whole anime, I was waiting for Daisuke to be a thirsty motherfucker. And he ended up in a thirsty motherfucking position with his possible cousin. And I was very sad by that. The memes were all lies. If anybody's thirsty for Suzue, it's fucking Kato. I mean, everybody can be thirsty for Suzue. It's fine. But I was told that this would be Jumin Han levels of daddy. And again, it was with his possible cousin. Or sister, or whatever. A Look, relative. This ain't, this ain't Nakaimo. She's he's not her. She's not his sister because he was never in those pictures with his mom and dad. Oh, yeah, we can at least and yeah, we can at least infer this is way is probably not a sister. More my Suzuway is my Suzuway is among them. Oh Jesus! Let's talk about some daddies so I can go lay in my bed and cry. <laughs> Andrew, you fucker. <laughs> um, Alright. What we've all been waiting for. These two assholes. <laughs> um, I mean, our lead characters. So Daisuke Kanbe and Haru Kato. Uh, Kato is, used to be a member of the 1st Division of the Metropolitan Police, but after an incident and, you know, PTSD is a fucking thing that happens, I guess, in this show, um, he down he's, he's demoted uh, to Modern Crimes Unit. Where eventually he meets Daisuke, and Daisuke is the assumed to be heir to the Kambe family. Uh, he has fucking loads of cash, and will f- buy off anything and anyone uh, to get his way. Uh, but, of course, as we have discussed a lot, his motives for joining the Metropolitan Police are to solve the mystery of his mother's murder that happened... What did he what he kept saying? 19 years 19 ago? 19 years like ago. Um, Alright. The voices of these two individuals. As Haru Kato, we have Rigo Fajardo, who has voiced characters such as Itana Horibe from Assassination Classroom, Leon Luis from Garo the Animation, and Daisuke Shima from Star Blazers 2199 and 2202. Oh, Kambe. I am excited about this one. It's been three fucking years. And this is the other reason why I really wanted to have this group back together for this show in particular. Daisuke Kambe is voiced by Mr. Adam Rowe, who has voiced characters such as Harris in Aoi Sakai no Chushin Day, uh, the Lone Shark from The Day I Became a God, and uh, Blonde Space Dandy, I mean Greyville de Blua from Kosick. Which, realistically speaking, Greyville is the only other main, like, named character that Adam had had to date up until this point. Gigi, I'm gonna let you go first. Are you? Do you not want me to? You can. All right, children. Andrew. Hi. (laughs) I'm gonna say this because, and I will preface this after. Well, that wouldn't even be a preface. That would be, like, an afterthought. Mm-hmm. The first thing I said to these bitches in the chat was, y'all ever seen that TV show called Dragnet? <laughs> to which they hadn't. Yep. So I had to bust out an episode of Dragnet for these bitches. Mm-hmm. And 
fucking Adam Rowe sounds exactly like the guy from Dragnet in this role. Not the one that sounds like Inspector Gadget. That's different. I think his name, I just fucking Googled him and I forgot it, is Jack... Jack Webb. Jack Webb is the guy. Now you'll find this funny because this is a fucking detective and procedural old cop show that like maybe your great grandparents used to watch. I only know it because it was on like a thing that Chris made me watch and I was like, yeah, I know this is anyway, long story short, fucking Adam Rowe sounds like the dude from Dragnet. And if I would, I didn't know that Cliff was directing this show at first. So my first thought was, wow, they really cast this well because this dumb detective is played by somebody who sounds like the guy from fucking Dragnet. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, wait, it's Cliff Chapin's best friend. Okay, it makes slightly more sense now, but I'm going to take it as for somebody who didn't know that, that this is the fucking guy from Dragnet. Um... All right. As a slight reminder, not to jump, not to cut you off. As a slight reminder, if you have, if you're new here and you did not see the Gosek episode, um, slight background: Adam um, has known Cliff for a very long time since they were kids. Um, they were both from Connecticut, and yeah, Adam basically moved this year to Dallas. Bottom line, you're good. <laughs> so, um. You know, me, I did not watch Japanese for this. Again, was expecting a Juman Han motherfucker coming out of here. Uh, Juman Han is voiced in Korean. So I don't know. I was kind of expecting like a Junichi Suwabe voice to come out of there. And this was like really dry and really American. And I was like, okay, it's more dry than I was expecting and not the daddy I was looking for, but it definitely matched the tone of the character very well, especially after episode four, when we find out that Kambe's a fucking dumbass, <laughs> and he is like that Japanese trope where the super hot, smart, rich, whatever guy is he a has, total like... He has no ugh. street sparks. He has zero street smarts. Yeah, he has zero street smarts. And I was like, oh, this was the trope they were going for. And once I saw that trope in action, I got it even more. And I was like, Mm -hmm. so we're not, we are talking. Like, literally, we're talking about Inspector Gadget. Like, (laughs) with the gadgets. Like, it even works (laughs) if you put in the other guy from that other cop procedural, which I still think was possibly Dragnet. I don't know at this point. I'm not up on old television shows. I think the furthest I go back is St. Elsewhere, and that's only because that ending was a total fucking garbage fire. And if you know anything, all right, I'm done talking about obscure TV shows. Thank you, though. That um, was actually really interesting. Oh, would, do you want to know about the ending of St. Elsewhere? Do you honestly, want me to spoil it for you? Honestly, I spent a year and a half watching that show on stream. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> we're here already. You have two minutes. I want to hear the rage. St. Elsewhere is a medical drama, much like Grey's Anatomy, but it took place, I think, in the late 70s or early 80s 
it's got 80s hair in there that's all that i remember anyway Mm -hmm. it's on on for like five seasons and the very last episode of the very last season it turned out the entire thing was some kid's fucking fever dream because he looked in a snow globe and saw the saint elsewhere hospital and all of these characters and all of their lives and all of their drama was taking place in his head I, I never saw the actual show, oh. but I watched some video with like weird twists about weird twists and shit. And that one came up. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Man. Yeah. And because I'd watched. <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, I had not heard of the show, but I do know that twist. I've heard of the yeah. twist, actually. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. That's what I get for running out of episodes of Grey's Anatomy to watch. So I had to go back in time and <laughs> watch a different medical drama. This is my anyway. Anyways, that aside, I did enjoy Adam Rowe here once I realized what they were going for. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is different and I'm digging it. So that's okay. cool. Rico Fajardo, he all he's my new, I always seem to know who this voice is, but I can't think of the name of the actor who plays him. And that oh. was this that was this guy. And I was like, I know him. I should Didn't know you him have something really similar well. with actors too? Yes. You had a similar situation with Rico when we were doing actors. Granted, of yes. what, of what like, little I've seen of actors, I can believe being fooled by that one. Yes. Yeah. I just, I was like, I know him. Who is that? Oh my God. That's not Alejandro, but it kind of sounds like him. Who the fuck is that? I know him. I like him. I should, yeah, it's fucking Rico Fajardo. Of course it is. Of course <laughs> like, it is. I can't place it. Wait. He made a good straight man here. Oh, shit. Um, I really loved the back and forth with Kambe, especially in the dog episode, as I'm now calling it. Um, I, I just you would lo- be correct. Yeah, I love Rico Fajardo and everything that he does. This is no exception. So I like I like the buddy cop dynamic that they had. I mean, you guys are all saying Batman and Robin, but like Daisuke ain't no Batman. Let's be real. Like this is a cop show. Daisuke has the money like Batman though. I mean Daisuke has Batman money, but Daisuke doesn't have Batman smarts. Okay. Like, okay. You are right. Yeah, 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 Daisuke yeah, no. Yeah, I also don't yeah, I also don't believe he is as much of a philanthropist, so Yeah, no, he doesn't seem quite as generous. No. That's why there's so, He's generous I, but for the wrong reasons. That's why there's some discussions about up, eating the rich tonight. <laughs> To sum up, I really liked their performances. Um, I am not telling all you kids to go watch Dragnet because why would I put that on you? But just like look it up on YouTube and watch the first 40 seconds of any episode and you'll get exactly what I'm hearing. She, she linked yesterday an episode of Dragnet for us because she was like, I want to make a joke about it. Do you guys know what Dragnet is? And, not, and again, we were like, no. She linked us an episode. She's like, just watch the first 40 seconds. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I hear it. <laughs> um, Jet, how about you go next with your thoughts on these performances? Okay, so I'll start with uh, Rico Escato. Um, uh, like GZ was saying, I uh, found a voice really familiar, but I couldn't quite place it at the beginning since it's been a uh, little bit since I heard Rico as a lead in something. And I looked and like, and then like, the end, I was like, oh yeah, of course that was Rico. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed him here. I thought he had like the white level of earnesty coming from his tone that made him seem like, you know, he always wanted to do the right thing and he was like a very by the book cop. I also kinda appreciated that he just sounded like a bit of a dork all the time. Like I actually got a good kick out of his bit in episode two where he's like where he's like running all over the place trying to like one up that 
Friday went up Daisuke and everyone's like, man, you really need to go take a shower. Yes. <laughs> like, bro, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and even Suzuki is like, yo, before you leave, like, perhaps you want to take a shower. Do you want dinner? Do you need a bath? Like, like everybody's trying not to be rude, with the exception of Daisuke. <laughs> of course. <laughs> just, he's just like, what the fuck do you want? It's great. Uh, but yeah, I also thought he had, like, really good chemistry with Adam Bros Conbay. I thought they bounced off of each other pretty well. Uh, so I definitely say like one of uh, personal highlights of his performance for me was probably like uh, during the flashback after he like shot us as a villain and he didn't really like want to be a top anymore. I thought mm. like I thought Rico had sold like all the like shock and devastation he was going through in that moment and kind of afterwards. Mm-hmm. I thought his I thought his delivery there was really good. It was probably like his strongest moment in the show, and I really liked his delivery there. Uh, he was just consistent. He was just consistent all across the board. Like I mean, it's Rico. He's very good at what he does. Uh, Adam Rowe is Conway, so uh, it's been a while since I heard Adam Rowe in anything, and I would anything I'd still probably uh, associate him with the most is uh, Inspector Pompadour from Josek. Like I know that I, I know that you okay, call him I, Inspector Pompadour. Okay, I I, okay, okay. I know that character has a name, but I don't remember it. So he's just Inspector Pompadour to me. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. You call him Inspector Pompadour. Like I think the whole time, and Gigi made a crack about him being blonde space dandy. But I mean that. I mean that would also apply. But yeah. <laughs> Is that, is it, yeah, I remember being kind of mixed on him in that show, and mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way here too. Too a little okay. bit. Uh, I thought he sounded like maybe a little flat in the first episode for like his first couple of line reads, or I thought he was like where it, uh, where maybe he hadn't like so totally figured out the character yet. Mm-hmm. And I thought it got a little better throughout the episode, but I thought he was like a little weak there in the beginning. Okay. Uh, I definitely thought his delivery got a little bit stronger over time. I liked him in episode three, where like he and Kato were like on the train doing like the kid who's like doing the whole who's like pretending to hold people hostage. Which mm-hmm. the way that whole thing resolved was just like probably one of the most hilariously ridiculous things in the show. Okay, actually, it's, you know what? I it's, forgot it's, about it's, it's, that. Especially that, that like all the. That's what he did like, all the old ladies on a train and just, like, idol stands was amazing. They just, yeah, ru- they were basically, great. like, one of their favorite groups was retiring, and they're basically like, you know what? We have to go see them, even if it costs them our lives. So they rush a fucking active gunman with, like, a fucking yep. chance? Yep. And then they- th- Dude, you gotta do what you gotta do. Listen, you you don't diss the idol fans. And, and then they just he showed will run up. you down. And then he just paid for them to show up and perform for them. Yes. And then it was just like yes. a magical moment. And it's like, oh yeah, our lives were in danger. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Fucking great. I want more shit like that, please. I'm 58 years old. I've lived a life to the best of my ability. I'm gonna see my favorite group off oh. one last time, even if it fucking kills me. Like I, I almost applaud <laughs> that level of like confidence. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, but yeah, I but yeah, I really liked his delivery in that episode where he kind of like trusts Gonzo's instincts that the perp won't shoot them, and I thought it mm. showed like that. Yeah, Kami yeah. that Kami has like maybe a little bit of a softer side deep down. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, uh, but so, like, I thought his live delivery, like, throughout the entire show could be kind of, like, a little uneven at times. Like, there were some times where it really worked for me, and other times where it's, like, other times where it sounded, like, maybe a little flatter than I would have liked. So uh, maybe there was a little lack of consistency in the performance, yeah. is what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Uh, my, my personal highlight for him was probably, like, it was probably like an episode ten where where like Kato is like that where Kato is still like kind of you know having his whole PSCD thing and mm-hmm. so and like he tells Kato that like he's so that he's so a hero and I thought that okay that was maybe like the most emotion we ever really get get out of comedy throughout the entire show and yep well I thought it could have been like a little stronger I so I thought it was probably like the best Adam sounded. I mean, like, on the whole, I thought whatever he, like, really needed to emote, it wasn't, it didn't quite click for me, but whatever he was trying to make Daisuke sound, like, smooth, or maybe, like, you know, he was, like, really angry about something, I thought it worked pretty well. So, eh, but, say, but, yeah, I don't know, like, on the whole, it was, like, I thought, on the whole, it was, like, I didn't, yeah, on the whole, it was, like, I didn't, like, seriously dislike the performance or anything, but I thought it could have been, like, a little stronger than what we actually got here. Okay. I was, I mean, like, I mean, like to be, I mean, like to be fair, I, I mean, like to be fair, I watched like most, I watched the show in Japanese up to up through like episode nine, I think, and I remember not caring that much for the same performance either. So, it's mm. not just, so it's not just Adam, but like. So it might be an issue of the character too. Might be getting in trouble. No, not, not the character necessarily. It's just no, not the character necessarily. It's just like okay, I didn't really. The performance didn't wow me in either version, personally, but it's just like, okay. uh, yeah, I kind of wish it was maybe a little stronger. Another thing well, I would also note about the Japanese version is, I believe, Yusuke Onaki, his seiyuu, also, what like, this was, like, his very first anime performance as well, too. You would be yep. correct. Because, it is. You would be correct, because I looked at this, too, um, real briefly earlier. Uh, Onaki, he's more known for um theatrical performances stage performances oh, um, boy, and some tv is... dramas and gee <laughs> that is actually really appropriate boy that is actually yes because <laughs> i missed this part in the in the minor catch-up on who adam who the hell adam rowe is adam rowe's background is a theater background. oh shit you're right wow huh. <laughs> i forgot that portion so Lottie fucking da. Are you all set, Andrew? Art imitates I'm art. I'm not Andrew. Art. Jet. <laughs> hey, oh it's cool. Hey, Jet. How you doing, Andrew? <laughs> all right, Andrew. Before the, 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 the Andrew that's actually canceled. Before the canceled Andrew talks, <laughs> two things. One, Gigi Seiyu Corner is that Haru is played by Mamoru Miyano. What up? Yes. Two. Yeah, Mamoru Miyano has got I, to. I misspoke when I was talking about St. Elsewhere. So before people at me in the comments, um, it is not a kid's fever dream. It is in the imagination of an autistic boy. So I apologize. That is the real information. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for your correction. Uh, But boy, that's still strange. Yeah. Welcome to the 80s. Now for Andrew, who is canceled. Can you give us your thoughts on these before? Okay. So first things first. I think Rico Fajardo does a great job playing, like, this kind of, like, straight... He's straight-laced, but he's also a little bit eccentric and also, like, easy to piss off. And I think Rico does a great job making Haru sound really, like, 
pissed off and like i don't want to deal with mm -hmm. the, your bullshit today we're doing this by the books yes. i'll so help me god i ain't dealing with your magic money shit Yep. But I think he does a he Accurate. does a good job and makes gives him like this level of sincerity and earnesty mm -hmm. that I think really comes across with Haru, making him this really good, really like loyal to justice law enforcement guy. You can tell also he really has dealt with a lot in regards to loss, in regards to his trauma on the field, and it comes across. Mm -hmm. I think Haru's a really fun character that complements Daisuke Kanbe really well. And I think Rico does a fantastic job making him, like, relatable, making him honest, making him a really determined, passionate character. Also, making him sound really funny. Like, I love when he gets drunk and he's try he's like, oh, I'm not eating this shit. Like, this, I only eat the high-grade stuff. It's like, all right, motherfucker. You want a family recipe? Here. This is on the cheap side. Fucking take it. Uh -huh. But, yeah, no, I think Har uh, Rico, like, he's fantastic as uh, Haru. He's delightful. Mm -hmm. He's not, like, as crazy as I've heard Rico go, but he's he's exactly what Haru called for, and he's amazing. And I, and I do agree. I think Rico is does a great job as Haru, and I kind of agree with you. I think he is the best boy. Because Daisuke's hot. Nobody's going to deny that Daisuke Kanbe ain't fucking hot. But all I'm going to right. say is I am very firm in my stance of eat the rich, not eat out the rich. <laughs> Andrew! Just saying. Daisuke's not a girl. That's not how this works. Look, all I'm saying is there's doujins. There's an ass for a reason. Oh my god, why? <clears throat> Anyways, now that I have alleviated the tension, I will also say I definitely think Adam Rowe is a little rough in the beginning as well. I do think okay. that he does a fine job at the start, but it's definitely a little more straight-laced than I was expecting at the start. That being said, I will also say I think he grows into the role of Kabe very quickly. And I will definitely say by, like, episode three, episode four, he's got a very strong comprehension of what Kabe needs to be, which is this very authoritative, uh, I, I, authoritative, strong guy who's very much, his strength comes in play where he, he tries to be cool. He tries everything in his power to be cool. But he also is kind of lame. And I think he's at his most relatable and endearing when he's fucking lame. Yes. Also, I, I can I can agree with that. Also, I personally think he looks better with his hair down. But that's just not, it's me talking from aesthetic and not coming from a place of uh, thirsty. Where I th it's fine, you're wrong. <sighs> it's fine, you're wrong. Sure, Gigi, whatever. Okay. But yeah, no, um, I think Adam definitely comes across, and I think he definitely does a good job making his passion for trying to solve the case of his his mother really come through. Mm -hmm. He gets a really good angry outburst and gets some really impressive, like, dramatic moments and action scenes. I think Adam really mm -hmm. does grow into it, but I think it there are enough weird, like, flatter reads throughout that I think should definitely be corrected. But... 
I think so. Again, consistency is a is an issue. I think that the thing is he does a good job and he does get the character of Kambe, but I think yeah, it's it's another thing where it's like I think it's a fine job, but I think it is a little more inconsistent than what I'm used okay. to. But I think Adam okay. does really do a fine job. It's the first time I've really heard him in a major role in several years, and I think he does make a pretty good impression. I definitely think if he fine-tunes his craft, like, he's going to definitely be somebody to keep an eye out for. I think he's great, okay. but I'm not 100% convinced that he's perfect for the role. But I definitely think he works for it. He works for it, and he definitely really okay. makes it. Um... Thankfully, I'm the only one left. I'm going to also start with Rico. Uh, Kato... <laughs> fucking hell. Um, Kato is definitely the straight man of the whole show. Uh, not just with his dynamic with Daisuke, but in general. Um, and <laughs> Rico as the straight man is fun and it's very enjoyable. Um, but I also will say I love the moral and ethical aspects to um kato's belief and what his what justice is to him um because he doesn't just pull that on daisuke he pulled it on cho as well actually um so it's not just a one note thing he's not just like <laughs> it, it's not just what the fuck you doing you can't just do shit with money he pulled it on cho too when cho was um playing the dirty cop um with the uh Ex female exec um halfway through the show and um so you can see kato's strong sense of justice and rico pulls that off very well rico also i think does rather well with the whole ptsd aspect of kato's character as well because ptsd can be a struggle it's not an easy thing to overcome granted with the magic of fucking television i guess kato overcame it in one fell swoop but <laughs> Um, anyway, but, um, that's not the point. Like, there are multiple facets to Kato's character. The straight man, his ideal of, his ideals of justice, his, uh, internal conflict with PTSD and all this fun stuff that I think Rico ver does very well encapsulating with this character. Um, and definitely his, definitely his banter with Adam is just the highlight of the show for me is any little quips and back and forth between the two of them is just so much fucking fun. <sighs> I've been waiting three years. Your time is now, Stephanie. I've been waiting three years to see Adam Rowe come back. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> because... So, yesterday I did extra homework for to myself. I did it to myself. I watched um, the portion of our Ghostic episode where we specifically discussed um, Adam and Adam's performance as Gravel. And I also watched a handful of episodes from Ghostic because it had been three years since I even watched the damn show. Uh, and I specifically tried to find episodes where Gravel was very prevalent just to refresh my memory on that performance and how it sounded. Um, and I do specifically remember in the ep in the Ghostic episode that I saw potential in Adam. And I also gave him my voice actor to watch award in the dubbies that same fucking year. Motherfucker, it's been three years about damn time. 
Um, first of all. Uh, but more importantly, with the portrayal of Kambe here, I do have to agree that in the first episode, some of the early line reads were very, very rough, kind of rough around the edges, and it took a little bit to get into. For me, by the end of the first episode, I really got into it a bit more with how, especially with how extra of a character Kambe is and how just nonchalant Adam's portrayal was of the character. Like, yeah, I do this all the time. Fuck it. <laughs> um, and granted, this is the most excitement he's seen in a long ass time because before this, he was fucking bored. <laughs> Um, and then he got Husk, and then he was like, oh shit, I can do things. Um, but definitely, oh, it took a little bit of time for me to get, really get more invested in Adam's portrayal of, um, Kambe. And <laughs> I, I also have to agree that there were some line reads that seemed a bit more flat than others. So there is, I think, the performance overall has a little bit of a consistency problem. However, <laughs> I think when Daisuke starts to gain a bit more um, emotion, I, I guess is the best way of putting this, gains a bit more emotion, and he's not just this stoic character, um, and he starts kind of, he, he gets more time with these characters, especially Kato, um, he develops a bit more in terms of personality and you can see bits of that shine through uh with adam when he gets angry he got angry suzue which was great um i i agree with jet the most uh, the biggest impact that um adam had was towards the end where he tells kato you're not a civil servant you are a hero you've never been a civil servant and that kind of just snaps kato out of it <laughs> and also <laughs> God damn it. We're bringing this up again. So after Kato's a dumbass and accidentally hits the button to transfer all of the files for Adolium, and Suzume tells Daisuke, he's like, yeah, uh, Mr. Kato pressed the button by accident. He gets a, that's the first and probably only time in the entire show that Daisuke lasts. And I got a kick out of it. So overall, there are parts of the performance that are, are a little rough around the edges. Um, and may not be 100, it's not a 100% consistent performance. However, I fucking love this extra motherfucker Dice K combo. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. And I, in terms of characters, Dice K is my favorite because he's just a dumbass and I love, I, I love my stupid dumbasses sometimes. Um, but I am very, I know I'm very happy to see that Adam has finally made the move to uh, Dallas, and I can only hope to see him in many more things. That being said, let's move on to final thoughts for the Millionaire Detective, Balance Unlimited. Jet, can you please go first? Please, please, please. Uh, sure, I'll be sure I'll be pretty quick at this. Uh, yeah, this was a pretty so this was a pretty solid dub for the most part. Again, like Clifford is very reliable on that end, and while this isn't like one of his Best dubs, it is certainly solid. There, aside from like some minor pit picks, there isn't anything here I would really like. That type, I would really like uh, grind that too much, and not a whole I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And the show itself is uh, like a perfectly adequate buddy cop thing. 
Like I kind of be, I kind of liked it better when it was just kind of a keeper of the week story and not so much when it like had an actual plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it was fine for the most part, but it was also kind of predictable, so I couldn't really get all that invested in it. Okay. Yeah, but for the most part, this is a perfectly fine show, even if it's kind of a middle of the road thing. So, yeah, for this what like a solid, good buddy cop show to watch, so, like Cold Afternoon, this is a perfectly fine show. Okay. Uh, Gigi, your final thoughts. I mean, coming off Nakaimo, this is such a breath of fresh air, like I said before. Thank like God. <laughs> that thing was so goddamn horrid, and it was nice to hear, like, a really well-written, well-directed, well-put-together, and well-acted dub. Um, mm-hmm. So, for that, I'm grateful. Um, I disagree with all these guys, with all the parts that they say that Adam Rowe is dry-sounding. I think that's that's, like, a an aesthetic choice they need to watch more dragnet it's fine actually don't <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's boring and old and doesn't hold up to the test of time Gigi, but i've watched a I lot just... of different like cop dramas and stuff for work over the past year i'm more than happy to like do some research of old stuff it's fine anyway <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, it really made me want to go watch Case Closed, which I don't know what that's saying about my life, but I won't watch it unless it's dubbed and I can't stream it anywhere. So thanks Funimation for dropping that. Uh, but that's fine. I'm not bitter or anything. I mean, whatever. Not saying that Case Closed is a better or worse dub than this, but I just wanted something kind of floofy. And then when it got like not so floofy, I got not so interested. But the show's still fine. Um, I really liked the OP, and it was solid dub. It's a banger. It is the a OP banger. Is a banger, love it. You cannot skip it. OP is no. I kind of prefer the ED, honestly. I I will. The ED is also the good. The ED is very good, yes. and for some reason, nobody ever seems to back me up on this. It sounds like a system of a down song to me. Yeah, that's okay cool somebody else sees it thank you chat i love you buddy no still canceled it's fine uh look <laughs> i'm okay with being canceled as long as somebody else agrees with my point of view speaking of canceled uh andrew <laughs> okay your final so, thoughts please and I, I love you please don't ramble please please be brief this is a good show but I don't think it's a great one. I think it's pretty good, but I think it kind of disappointed me a little once it became a little more of a serious drama, which I think it was fine at, but I don't think those were the strengths mm-hmm. it really compelled at. Except, not compelled at, excelled at, or really what made me attached to it. I think the dub is pretty good with a couple of notably standout performances. I was especially impressed with the likes of uh, Rico and uh, Kent Williams in particular. Um, I think that it's a pretty good dub. It is definitely worth a watch. It's very entertaining. Very well done. Give it a watch. Check it out. You'll have a fun time. And also, goddammit, Daisuke Kanbei's theme song is fucking great! Yes! The smooth fucking jazz. It's... Yes. Uh, anyway. (laughs) Um. (sighs) The show itself, Million Detective, is fun. It's not... A 100% out of this world fantastic show because we all fucking agree we rather would have watched the horse shit weekly like crime antics <laughs> that these two idiots get into um so if if a season two were to happen please make it just that <laughs> okay thanks um but in terms of the dub 
it is I, it's very solid, honestly. Uh, it's well directed. It's well written. It is well cast and perform and acted. Um, there are some minor hiccups, maybe um, here and there. It's I have to agree with Jet. It's not my absolute favorite Clifford Chapin dub, if you can fucking believe it. <laughs> um, I, I I just think there are stronger ones in his repertoire that he's done. Um, but that's not to say this one's awful. This one is very good. Um, that says a lot. Um, and I, I, my favorite thing, again, is the dynamic banter between Daisuke and Kato, um, Adam and Rico, and it, overall, it's just a fun time. It's just a stupid fun time, and I love it. And now I'm tempted to go fucking pre-order a Kanbei Nendo, because that's a thing that exists. <laughs> That Just because I can. Should I pre-order a Kanbei Nendo? But, um, no. I, it, it's it's a, such a fun show. The dub is so much fun. Please go give it a watch if you, ha- if you have a few, like, five, six hours. It's only 11 episodes, actually. Um, so it's a really quick uh, binge uh, that you can go through. And if you're interested in seeing The Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited, the only place you can watch it currently at the time of this recording is through Funimation. Uh, Both the Japanese and the English dub. I double-checked all the other sources. It's not on Hulu. No, it's not on Netflix. No, it's not on Crunchyroll. That's the... Funimation's the only place where you can watch this. Um... (laughs) And at the time of this recording... A home video release has not been announced, though I imagine it will be forthcoming, and I'm very curious to see the route it's going to take. Um, is it going to go the Demon Slayer route, or is it going to be a completely different thing entirely? Um, but, I digress. Uh, if you're interested in seeing Dub Talk and anything else that we do, uh, if you're currently on the YouTube channel, please subscribe. We put out new videos every week. Uh, and if you are listening to us on the go through either Podbean, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, please follow us as well, uh, so you can get episodes from us all the goddamn time. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Dubtech Podcast as well, and we have, if you want to further support us in, in, in a different capacity, we have our Kofi account, and we also have our Patreon both of which are Dub Talk Podcasts. And speaking of Patreon, we of course have to thank our patrons. We have Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Robinbelt with Yowie Hands, Victor May Borda, Megan's mom and dad. <laughs> we love Megan's mom and dad around here. Um, Carly Lestacal, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, J2 aka Jared, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Uh, as for anything that the four of us weird-ass, dumb-ass people do, um... Wow, my train of thought is gone. My name is Stephanie, I think. I don't know anymore. Um, Sometimes I'm known as Lilac, though. You can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I also have a blog, lifeandtimesatalk.wordpress.com, and I also do photography and sell prints, uh, Stephanie's Snapshot Garden, if anyone is interested. Um, If you are interested in anything that Jet does, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at DivineNega. He also you write blog things, right? I can't remember yes. the name of the freaking blog. I'm sorry. Uh, Adoration Infinity. Thank you. My brain is dying. What is wrong We're with almost me? at the finish line. Um, you got this. We're, it's fine. I understand we're all tired. <laughs> um, and 
you can also catch Jet on Surreal, Lezo- Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA alongside Andrew, of course. Um, Gigi, you can follow her on Twitter at Anime Palooza. Uh, she also has a YouTube channel, Anime Palooza, where she does uh, unboxings and a bunch of Uda Pre Shining Live videos and all this fun stuff. And then we have Andrew. Uh. <laughs> who is still canceled. Yeah. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Mangaman9000. Um, he is also a moderator on the Funimation Discord, and as previously mentioned, he is also a co-host on Podcast ONA. Um, my brain is dying. Oh, what the f- Oh, one other quick thing of note. I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again. Special thank you for Clifford Chapin for confirmation of three characters in this show because I, because we really, sh- I didn't want to skip them because they are integral to the actual plot. So thank you very much to you for help with that. And on that note, I think that is it. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Hey, everybody, take some time out of your day today to tell somebody that you love or maybe that you haven't spoken to in a very long time that you love them and that you give a shit Uh, from personal experience. Y'all should take 20 seconds out of your day and do that today. Absolutely. Please do. Tell someone you love them and that you care about them today. And I'll say this much. I love all of you guys. Mm. I know kind of been being a little noxious and making jokes and stuff but honestly <laughs> a little honestly legit i kind of mostly just do a character a lot of the times and i genuinely am always really happy to talk to you guys and be there for you like yeah same yeah, yeah. even if I'm i the cancel most gay you, for you i still Steph. love you oh my gosh me. i know you're the most gay for me it's disgusting I know, it's gross. <laughs> But yeah, I think there's only one thing that can, uh, that can end this episode now. I don't actually know how a theme song goes. I just know it's... Are you even doing the opening or the ending? I I'm can't trying tell to do Dice Case Theme Song. It's like you're Dice humming Dice the theme Dice. song to the fucking Donna Reed show. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Dick Van Dyke. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> I fucking quit. I'm going to bed. As we thank, all should. Good. Thank you guys for... If you made it to the end of this, thank you guys for listening and or watching. We fucking love you all. Have a good night, and of course, as always, Otaku on, my friends. Good night. Love your faces. Otaku on, and I wish my balance was unlimited. Yes. Uh, is that, yes, Otaku on, and remember the Talk podcast is not endorsed capitalism or the police. Thank you very much. Damn. Oh my god. Get on, everybody! God damn it. Why does this go politics all the fucking time? I hate you all. Good night. 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 Good night.